0: Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Amid Beyond. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. Welcome and to season two. Yeah, season two, like season five, maybe? This is our fifth year doing it. Well, it's our 101st episode, I think. True. So season one was 100 episodes? <laughs> 100 episode seasons. Jeez. We might not ever leave season two. <laughs> uh, uh, and Mike? Hello. And I think for the first episode of 2022, we just kind of want to look back at the games released in 2021 Uh, talk about our personal games of the year and what games we kind of want to highlight. And I think a good vehicle to do that is to sort of discuss the Game Awards uh, winners and nominations and just kind of use that as a springboard for some more discussion for for games that we're interested in. Yeah, so the Game Awards happened in December. And uh, I think out of all of the various years that this award show took place, the results were the most maybe unexpected I think really is fair to say, I think so. Right, like I, I disagree.
1: I, I think that it was pretty on the nose <laughs> for what I would have expected. So you think Game of the Year
0: was expected?
1: It, yeah, yeah, me? I do. I, mean, I think really, it, yeah, I don't think anyone else was picked like, at all. But I, I think I don't think game any game.
0: other publication voted for that game as Game of the Year. Just really, FYI, yeah. Huh? It, I, pretty, it didn't surprise me at all when I saw it. I it surprised me for sure.
1: Well, we're we're already talking about it, so why don't we just start with game of the year then? I mean, we, yeah. We, so
0: okay, so their oh, nominees for game of the year were Resident Evil Village, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Psychonauts 2, Metroid Dread, it Two, and, and It Takes Two, and Death Loop, and It Takes Two One, which really surprised me. Like, I would have pegged them for, you know, if, I would have pegged them picking either Deathloop or Metroid. I think.
1: Um, yeah, see, I, I, would have weird of games, I would have picked Metroid, probably. But I think if you picked Deathloop, you have terrible t- Like Anybody who was saying Deathloop for this <laughs> oh, has yeah. horrible tastes. I, I mean, Deathloop, Deathloop definitely isn't...
2: The-
1: I think Deathloop is not Game in this the same year. echelon as any of the other games on this list in my oh, opinion. Yeah.
0: I think Deathloop is like winning a bunch of Game of the Year awards at other publications, but... Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like I was I thought Deathloop was cool. I thought it was pretty innovative, but it the, the pieces didn't exactly come together for like a game of the year level experience for me.
1: Yeah. Of this and, and it takes two, notably I, I I'll just say it. I'm single, I live alone, and I don't have a lot of friends over because of COVID, so I haven't played it takes two. And I think I'm so mad they snub they snubbed Valheim for the game of the
0: year. Valheim's early access, I don't think it deserves to be in the running. So it it did get nominated for a couple categories, but yeah, uh, go yeah. Finish your point, Connor.
1: I didn't get to play It Takes Two. I think if I had played it, there's a good chance it would have been like a serious contender for me.
0: Yeah, I think so. I played It Takes Two with my sisters, and it was it was one of the best co-op games I've ever played. Just in terms of like the sheer imagination on display, like the gameplay mechanics evolved so quickly as you played the game and in ways that made sense and in ways that were super creative like it was just like an explosion of creativity almost not unlike psychonauts 2 i would say it was in that sense it takes two and psychonauts 2 are similar in that they are just bursting at the seams with creative ideas that you don't really see in any other games yeah
1: i Um, I think of the games on this list psychonauts 2 and metroid dread are, like, the two serious contenders. I haven't played Ratchet and Clank, uh, like, for me, myself, like, that I played.
0: Yeah. Metroid so, Dread and
1: Psychonauts 2 are the serious contenders. So I haven't this is played one- Ratchet and Clank, but I don't think it would have made it for me, just because, I don't know, I I looked at a lot about the game, and I think it was probably really fun, but it didn't feel Game of the Year material to me.
0: I, I agree, and I do want to add that this is one of those rare years where I have played every single one of the games on this list for Game of the Year. Yeah, I think Resident
1: Evil Village is a really interesting inclusion, because Resident Evil, I still, like, maybe I'm wrong, but I think of it as pretty
0: niche. It's it's gotten pretty big, I think, with 7, especially. Yeah. It kind of blew up. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, so Resident Evil Village, it was a fine horror game. I think it, like, peaked in the middle of the game. Like, the second half of the game was not as strong as the first half of the game. And it, it was a fine game. Definitely not Game of the Year, though, but I enjoy my time with it. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, technical marvel, probably the most beautiful game I've ever played at this point. And, but in terms of the game itself, it's just another Ratchet & Clank game, which is a good thing, right? Ratchet & Clank is good. But again, like you said, it's not a Game of the Year level Yeah, game, I think. Psychonauts 2 was fantastic right like psychonauts 2 is one of the most creative games i've ever played and i think it is a game of the year level game and i think it is a little disappointing that psychonauts 2 didn't pick up a single award at this show yeah i that that
1: (laughs) seems a little unfair but i also psychonauts 2 is kind of a uh jack
0: of all trades master of none for me i feel like i i would agree with that like the platforming isn't like you know, isn't something like Mario level or like, and right. like the story isn't like mind-blowing, but like I think the thing that stands out about Psychonauts 2 is the same thing that stands out about It Takes Two is just the sheer creativity in like the level design and like the writing. Yeah. I- and I think that that alone makes it a Game of the Year caliber game to me. Yeah, and I, yeah. I It Takes Two definitely
1: feels like like in the way that movies can feel like Oscar bait kind of, It Takes Two feels like a Game of the Year game to me, like like I, I'm impressed that Metroid Dread and Psychonauts 2 even made the the list here. Like, even so, though I yeah, think but, that they're very deserving of it. Like,
0: so I I disagree on Metroid Dread. I'm ve- I'm I totally expected Metroid Dread to win. Like, Metroid Dread I think was a, a shoo-in for the winner. Yeah, and like Metroid games are still pretty niche. Like, Metroid Dread's doing
1: really well, but like I bet it takes two. I bet a lot more people have played it. Than I
0: think Dread. Metroid Dread is the best-selling Metroid game. That's ever not at saying this point, much. Right? Yeah, it's not saying it is, much. It but,
1: is the best-selling Metroid game.
0: But no, uh just to offer some thoughts on Metroid Dread, would have been totally happy if this game won game of the year. This game was incredible. Can I, uh Can I tell you what this this isn't my game of the year, but can I tell
1: you what game like and it, and it is up there for me, but what game it's really weird that isn't on this list is Hitman 3. Like dude hitman 3 honestly probably should have just won everything <laughs> like, <laughs> hitman 3 not even being in the nominees for game of the year i wonder if it came out i was just looking i was sorting it was the early release date it came out january 19th so yeah that's
0: probably why like that's that's the crappy thing about these award shows like yeah Metroid games Dread can definitely come
1: out like yeah. games
0: can definitely get forgotten and games that come out later in the year are definitely there's definitely recency bias i think
1: yeah i'm a little yeah, i mean
2: cyberpunk I was a nut i'm was, a little
1: surprised 12 minutes isn't on here though
2: what were you gonna say about Cyberpunk? Mike? Uh, Cyberpunk was nominated for at least one award, I think. Yeah, it's Cyberpunk on
1: December, yeah.
2: is on. Was in? Was that in twenty twenty one?
1: Yeah, I
2: think so. it was. It was in December,
0: oh, mid December of, of twenty twenty. Oh yeah, and the way the yeah, uh, and the way the Game Awards work is is that like December games can make it for next year, which is really weird. Yeah, yeah because but it I agree came with out that. after like, last year's Game
2: Awards.
1: Otherwise, they just wouldn't have a chance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Their year-to-year basis is based off of, like, early December to early December of the next year.
1: But yeah, it's a little wild that Hitman 3's not on here.
2: Yeah, it's it's Hitman 3, but,
0: like, even, I don't know, like, maybe, like, people viewed it as, like, a third of a larger package, right? Which, I guess, is a little fair, and especially for me, though, since I played all three Hitman games at once in one sitting it like just came off as like a masterpiece to me yeah and but like maybe if you just isolate him hitman 3 and compare it to maybe the highs of hitman 1 and 2 it didn't reach those I, I, disagree, for some people. I, I
1: played them all isolated and i would say hitman 3 has the absolute highest peaks of the of the three games it also has the lowest lows but it has the highest highs
0: right yeah the berlin level man that's just yeah it, it was berlin right it was
1: berlin is the the apex predator
0: Yes, yes yes That,
1: that level's god worse. yeah
0: it's like one of the best video game levels ever made um but yeah just so going back to this list metroid red yeah i thought it was an obvious shoe and uh but then again i don't think like i don't think like a a 2d quote-unquote game has ever won game of the year which i don't know i feel like that says a lot about like mainstream gaming yeah but.
1: it does people yeah and then, um, yeah you'll yeah once we
0: get into death loop obviously we've said our piece about death loop i feel like we probably don't like it as much as most people do but yeah i do want to give it I credit mean, where credit's due it's it is a very creative game it's, it's a just fun
1: i i have a feeling everybody that voted for death loop didn't finish it like because death loop was extremely good for me until like the last 45 minutes and then i realized that this was a bad game that was terrible I'm like <laughs> and that's a shame because it's not a bad game that's terrible it's just the ending soured the rest of the experience so badly for me and i've heard that like from so many people that were like singing its praises like a long time ago and like didn't understand why i didn't like it the moment they like actually finished the game they were suddenly like oh this was not that good
0: Yeah, it's one of those, like, it, it sucks, like, because I feel like for any sort of entertainment, almost, the ending is the hardest part to nail. And it also, the ending ha- has the greatest impact on the overall impression. Yeah. Like, it's just the way things work out for, like, entertainment. Like, I'm talking, like, movies, books, De- whatever.
1: Deathloop does it especially bad, though, because i play games that have mediocre endings, and that's a shame. But, like, Deathloop's ending retroactively makes the rest of the game worse because it, like... Breaks the promise that the game makes you. Like the the game is promising to be this like time loop with all this like freedom and everything, and then you realize at the end of the game you actually had no freedom. You were on rails the entire time, and like nothing you did mattered because the game had a script that you had to follow letter for letter. Like if it, all of Death Loop has fewer interesting decisions than five minutes in one of Hitman Three's levels. Like
2: yeah. Loop, I think, really took the immersive sim genre and just streamlined it to the point where it's no longer an immersive sim. Yeah,
1: like to be clear, like the shooting in that game feels incredible. And I even after hating the ending, I still played the multiplayer for a bit because it was just fun. But the
0: multiplayer is definitely something I want to shout out.
1: It's a very, yeah, it's I think a very had, innovative multiplayer. If They had focused on the sandbox and the multiplayer more, but they were so focused on like telling this extremely streamlined narrative. That wasn't before
2: current. we before we continue this. Let's just pivot into best game direction and complain about that now.
1: Yeah, no best game direction. It shouldn't have been Deathloop. Deathloop won best. It, <laughs> it should have been of yeah. their
0: minds.
2: So it's funny because like these are the same. Not
0: oh no, Returnal's in there. Yeah, no, best there. game direction rhythm being rhythm.
1: different from Game of the Year is a weird
0: choice. I guess it is. It is a little weird. It's it's. I feel like there's a very small margin of difference there. Yeah. But, like, there is, I mean, just look at the nominees. <laughs> like, they're basically the same, Yeah. you know? So Yeah, wild
1: that Metroid Dread, which, like, I feel like Direction was everything in Metroid Dread. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, they had nothing else to work with, really. Like, gameplay and Direction was it, right? Yeah, like,
1: and Metroid Dread's not think- even nominated. The nominees are It Takes Two, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and & Clank, and Returnal. Returnal being on this list is very interesting to me, because I didn't expect to see it at the Game Awards at all, and I'm glad to see it there, even though I didn't play it.
0: Yeah, I I yeah, we'll we'll get into Returnal in a minute, but like the winner is Deathloop here, and I guess if you look at it from a perspective of like the innovation, maybe No. there's I, a case I to be absolutely made. disagree. There was
1: nothing innovative about Deathloop. Like
0: The multiplayer
1: was pretty innovative. No, it wasn't, it was just Dark Souls. No. It was uh, literally I any I think it was done
2: innovation.
1: I, I, I think, wouldn't call anything about Deathloop innovative. I think it was just mixing a bunch of ideas that hadn't been mixed before, and that was fine. Okay, like,
2: so like pure
0: innovation is is very difficult to come by in this industry, but like how many games with a multiplayer like Deathloop can you identify? Like aside from like Dark Souls, I guess.
1: Okay, so Doom didn't have it, but it was announced that Doom Eternal <laughs> was gonna have a better version of this. <laughs> okay. And it this just it had this, this like it wasn't a yeah, was yeah. Like, the idea was out there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I don't want to be, f- like... I don't really care, <laughs> but, like... Yeah, I, I, do, I, I do feel like, like a, I want to...
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think Deathloop was...
2: Yeah. The, the one... Well, no, nah, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And name recognition, really. That's... That's the yeah. crux of the just, Game Awards. That if you're by a big studio, you're going to have a higher chance of winning awards. Yeah, so, but, but here's the thing. So let's game let's, of the year.
0: let's exactly. talk about what our Game of the Years would be. Well, like, actually, let's just talk about It Takes Two really quick. But, like, because, like, this game... This is not a big game, like you were saying, Mike. Right? Like this is a game yeah. made by Joseph Ferris. It's an indie game. Uh, it's it's just a quirky co-op would, game.
2: Would it's I, not what a big third-person game. Yeah, it is an indie. Published yeah it's published by EA. An indie.
1: Yeah, EA backs indies, but like, yeah. it is indie.
0: Yeah, it, it, and and so this game is not like a a massive action RPG. It's not like a Sony third-person action narrative game. It's not an FPS. It's this quirky 2D or not uh, it's a quirky 3D co-op platformer, which I think is a pretty unique pick for Game of the Year. And yeah. it, I'm I'm surprised it won and I'm happy it won. Like I loved seeing Joseph's reaction to winning cuz you could clearly see he didn't expect to win. Yeah, uh, I was
2: pretty certain it was going to be something like Deathloop or Yeah, yeah I, I really Anything else, else on that list? Clean up, which, yeah, uh, we, were, glad, we were we were hoping we didn't
0: <laughs> I'm glad it takes two got recognized for its achievements because I think you know it's one of the best co-op games ever made. It's a it's it's definitely an achievement, and I All hope right. this Let's gets. Let's not more... forget, hugs is still free on itch.io. Yeah, well, you know, second, it's the second best co-op game ever made, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I hope this gets more eyes on it, right? Because like you know, this isn't the sort of game that the mainstream audiences really so- know about. I think so. Yeah, I think that's all I need to say about Game of the Year. So I, I I'm it's happy it takes two about one. Who our winners would be, like,
1: yeah, okay. Mine, so mine aren't all, on this
0: list. Like, well, no, your Game of the Year is on this list, right? No, your Game of the Year isn't Psychonauts.
1: No, my Game of the Year is probably Inscription.
0: Oh man, dude, I still got to play
1: Inscription. My, my, the two I'm looking at right now that I'm kind of torn between are Inscription and Unpacking, and like Unpacking is. Kind of a tough choice because it's a game I played in a single day, but, like, I don't know. It'll probably come up again later, but the Inscription has some serious Game of the Year chops to it. Like, that—that that is a weird and very good game, and I, I can't say a lot yeah. about it. because
0: I, I'm itching to play that game. It's just my life has been crazy lately, and I haven't been able to do things I want to do. But, yeah, yeah. T- tell us about Inscription.
1: Tell uh, Inscription, well, is, it's a card game um, where you're playing against... A guy who has like a a demonic figure that has you trapped in a cabin and uh, you're essentially playing for your life. And every time and it's like a roguelike style card game with uh, like, yeah, kind of like Slay the Spire, I guess. Although I liked Inscription and I don't care for Slay the Spire. Really? Um, But I think I think what really held me about Inscription, because the roguelike mechanics are not super fleshed out and stuff. What helped me about inscription is like the other side of the game, which is the escape room, which is that you can get up and look around this cabin and solve some puzzles. And like the stuff you do around the cabin affects the
0: card game and some stuff you do in the card game affects the cabin. I just want to say, please uh, try not to spoil too much. Cause I do want to experience this. Yeah.
1: Same. I think I'm stopping here. Like that's, okay. that's it. And it's, the, the the narrative around all of it is what's extremely interesting. There's also like a meta narrative, uh, an ARG and stuff that is, I think, solved at this point, but it's really good. It's a good video game. And that's why I'm calling it maybe my game of the year. It's super fun. Oh, uh, God, I forgot to even say Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury is in the running for sure. It's not. Uh, is it anywhere on this list? I don't think so. I, like no. no, Bowser's Fury. It is. Uh, it's best, best family, family game. game. All right, whatever, okay. Yeah, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury was nominated for Best Family Game. Bowser's Fury, I mean, Bowser's Fury felt like playing the future of Mario. That game is
0: insanely good. Yeah, I I feel like the next, just, I haven't played Bowser's Fury yet, but I I think just based off what I hear about it, the next 3D Mario to come out will is going to, like, kill the game of the years list, right? Like, it's it's just going to be, like... Extremely likely, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Nintendo seems to have figured something out here. Yeah, because I, I really do think Bowser's Fury... Which is saying something, because 3D Marios are also, like, already among the best games of all time, so... Yeah, but
1: I think Bowser's Fury might beat out Mario Odyssey, for me, as, like, in the echelon of 3D Mario games. I know you guys had me scrub it in the, uh... Mario rankings? Mario rankings, because neither of you'd played it.
0: Hey, yeah. man, that's just how the cookie crumbles
1: sometimes. It's hard being in a ranking and losing when you're the only one that played half the games, but
0: you know, whatever. <laughs> you're not ready for that one, I guess not. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, what was your game of the year? Valheim. Valheim, yeah,
2: 100 percent Valheim. Yeah, like,
1: I had this is the first survival game I've so ever like. So much fun with
2: Valheim. Play. Yeah, I think it's the first survival game that I put 100 hours in, Goodness. and I still want to play more of it. Well, at least until it up when it updates, because there, there is. My only critique is that once you hit the fourth biome, it starts to grind down. Because there's not a lot to do in the mountains.
0: Not yet? or like Not yet.
2: Yeah. I mean, the plains are pretty cool, but the mountain is so small and you're just playing scavenger hunt at that point. See, this is, like, why I don't want to play early access games. Like, I just give it to me when it's
0: done. Like, because I feel like a fully-fledged Valheim. Like, yeah, I could see that being game of the year. Like... Part of me think, yeah, I, I agree with that. But the problem is, like, part of the
1: appeal for Valheim for me was also like getting in on that cultural ground floor, like every yeah, because like
0: everyone it. just started playing it, yeah,
1: yeah. And I like, like, I'm looking forward to some games right now, not because I think the game will be that good, but just because I kind of need that right now. I need that community socially, <laughs> yeah. because I I do hop on games late a lot of the time, so it's nice sometimes to just be there and Valheim was that for a bit like everybody was playing Valheim everybody was excited about it
2: and nobody knew anything about the game so it was really nice to just discover things probably for the first time it
1: felt good to discover in that game like yeah yeah it was just a very pleasant surprise I didn't get very far because Amid never played it with me for the record
2: (laughs) yeah I made it pretty much to the end of what's in the game currently twice wow give or take
1: that's a lot of hours in that game. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention yeah. The Forgotten City. God, there's so many good games
0: that came that out. Has that has been that did get a couple nominations.
1: Yeah, it did. And it deserved but, it. Um, that game. Uh, it's another game. So it, it much like Deathloop, actually it's a lot it's a lot like Deathloop. Uh, considering it's, you know, it's another game with a time loop and like so it, it's another game with a time loop that, you know, has a pretty lame ending. But the Forgotten <laughs> City is a much better video game than Deathloop is, uh, narratively speaking at least.
0: I'm telling you, man, endings are just tough to figure out, apparently. I think, the
1: yeah, The Forgotten City, I could have written a better ending, I think. Uh, they. I, I, I don't want to say it because I do recommend everyone play The Forgotten City, so I don't want to spoil the ending because it's not so bad that it retroactively makes the rest of the game worse. It really yeah, is I, just kind of a lame couple of minutes.
0: That is another game I plan on playing. All, uh, I,
1: yeah, I, I, beat, I got all four endings in three hours and 11 minutes. So like it's not a,
0: it's not a oh, long wow. one. Okay. But yeah, my game of the year is Returnal, which I know it's like, yeah, you pick another Sony game, but... No, I think Returnal is not... I mean, Returnal is not the classic <laughs> AAA set. It, it is not. It is... And, and the more I think about Returnal, the more I'm like, it might... You know, like 10 years from now, I think people will still be talking about Returnal. Returnal is truly a special game, and Housemark has really outdone themselves, more so than I thought Like when it first came out, right? Like It's one of those games that like ages like fine wine, kind of like Bloodborne, right? Like, Bloodborne came out, people were like, this is an incredible Souls-like game, now people look at it and like, this might be the best game From Software's ever put out. I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of a trait of roguelikes, is that they age really well. Yeah, maybe that is yeah. true,
1: yeah. I, I really, yeah, like, Returnal's kind of put you on a roguelike path, Returnal and Slay the Spire and Hades, and I... I appreciate it, because I just love roguelikes, and I don't have a lot I of- I mean,
2: people still play Binding of Isaac.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. That's that's yeah, one of my just, games I've been playing.
0: It's like, the ultra-oppressive atmosphere of, you know, like a Bloodborne or a Souls-like game is in, is in Returnal. It also has a very cryptic story that can be interpreted many ways, and like, some of the interpretations get very, very dark- yeah, uh, I
1: really want to play this game. Like if I if I had a PS5, it's probably it's, like top of my. And
0: life. it is one of those games where like I love this game, but I can't, you know, like it's going to be a while before I play it again just because like it it plays like a dream, like the gameplay is sublime. It's perfect, quite yeah. frankly. But the the st- like the atmosphere is so oppressive. It just kind of drains you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like and I know that doesn't sound appealing, but like it is kind of marvelous that a video game can create something, like, so... It, it's not depressing, but it's just, like, it, it It feels like you're being weighed down when you play this game. You can feel, like, the burdens that Celine, the main character, is experiencing. Like, both, like, personally and, like, through the alien world that is trying to kill her. Yeah, um, I totally get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, like... And I remember, like, I'll never, like, this became one of my fondest gaming memories, and I love when a game can do that, is that, like, when I sat down to play it, and, like, I just kept going and going and going, and, oops, I ended up beating the entire game in, like, one run. Yeah. And it just, like, and I was up to, like, 5 a.m. doing this, and I had work the next day. I didn't care, you know, like, I just had to keep playing it. Yeah. Um, and And for a game... To be able to do that to me in 2021 shows that the spark is still there, you know, like, like, I don't know, like, I think it's a positive sign that games can still do that to me, even, you know, with how old I am now, and not like, as a kid, where that would happen, like, every other week, almost, you know, like, it's it's becomes it becomes harder to impress you as you become older, I think, just because you've experienced like so many things. But, you know, Returnal made me feel like a kid again. Because I hadn't experienced anything like it before.
1: Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I definitely think it it's more rogue likey than like Hades is, and I think I don't, it yeah, makes me I, think you'd like more roguelikes. Is, is what it, it makes me. Think. It is because
0: like Hades, you get like permanent buffs. Yeah,
1: and I you you'll remember me saying that that was like part of the reason I didn't care for Hades too much. Yeah. like I'm not gonna knock it too much because I love an entry level game into roguelikes because that didn't really exist before Hades in my opinion.
0: But yeah, like Returnal in particular was absolutely brutal to the point where like, I think it turned off a lot of people who would have played it otherwise because it'd be because if you recall, there was no saving yeah, in that game game.
1: saving, which I think there is that, now, actually. Just, yeah, I think saving in a roguelike is a good thing. Most of the roguelikes I yeah. really like have the ability to walk because like you're not adding to the difficulty of your game by not letting me go
0: go to the store when I need to. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like I said, I beat... So, like, on the run where I finally beat Returnal, like, it was, like, just one, like, 15-hour session, continuous. It was, like, ridiculous. But, like, uh... Yeah, like, a normal person definitely needs to, like, not play for dozens of hours straight, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that's finally in the game, and I hope that, like, Returnal gets some sort of, like, expansion update or something. I know it's sort of unlikely with how... I guess the story wraps up, but like I think this is a game that <laughs> didn't stop binding of Isaac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think this is a game that could. I I would be fine with Housemark just adding to Returnal for now until like, you know, the end of like the 2020s. Yeah, roguelikes <laughs> are up, good like, games to just add content to. They they get they have good bones typically, you know, and like. But I, I do think that. Uh, them being a sony first party studio now they would be encouraged to make a sequel to eternal because it's not exactly like a games as a service or anything like that which is more monetizable when you add stuff onto it so is
1: there any possibility of a pc port of this game like i think i think it's pretty likely okay because i really want to play it And i oh my god god of war comes out soon that's unrelated but um I uh, yeah, I, think, yeah, I really want to play Returnal, but I don't see myself buying a PS5 anytime soon.
0: I think people are going to go crazy over God of War on PC. Like, th- I think the sales are going to be stupendous. And I think Sony's going to be like, okay, yeah, PC, I mean, audience, PC I, audience wants our games. Let's get our games to them. And, you know, their acquisition of, I guess, what was it, Nixus or
1: whatever? Yeah, Nexus, yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's indicative of, like, yeah, most things are coming to PC. So, uh, so but yeah, Returnal is my game of the year for twenty four.
1: So let's skip. I don't. I don't want to have the best game direction discussion. I don't think because like I don't know. We talked about it a little. I don't have a pick for best game direction because that's such a nebulous
0: thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I. I don't know. I would. I would pick Returnal just because the atmosphere and the gameplay and how all that ties together and the story just worked for me. But like again, like I don't know if that e- equates to direction. Yeah, I'm inclined but, to pick Psychonauts too, just because it's interesting that they were able to pick up a
1: game. 10, 15 years later and like modernize it while also keeping the like the feel of the original in a meaningful way yeah. but like it's such a nebulous category uh, do you have one Mike? Uh, for best game direction not really
0: okay yeah, it's, it's tough let's do best narrative though because that's one I care about best narrative probably Psychonauts 2 I would say Psychonauts 2 is a
1: good pick I am gonna go unpacking for this one which is a
0: weird choice. <laughs> no, I mean like based off everything I hear about the game it's that's what it is. It's just like a narrative while you unpack boxes and the narrative is really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the delivery of the narrative for me because there's there's no there's no dialogue, there's no text like you get a little bit of text under a picture describing like how she felt living in this place and it's like one sentence but like the way they deliver a narrative based on like what object she chooses to keep and what she gets rid of and like how much effort it is to move into a house. Like it really impacted me. It made me feel, it made me feel a lot of things. And I think that that, I don't know. It's not a game that I see like shaking the industry or anything. It's just a really good game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I do want to give some shout outs here. Like, uh, Life is Strange 2 Colors, I've started it, I've barely progressed at all in it, but like, if it's anything like the previous two Life is Strange games, I expect a very good story there. Probably extremely good, yeah. So, uh, I'm looking forward to finally playing that. I'm also playing currently, but I will not talk about this week, because I'm working through it, I'm playing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm pleasantly surprised by the story. Um, and I I could see this, and it is the winner here for um for this list, but... I I don't even think I'm halfway through the game, and it's just, like, uh, it's doing a weird thing where this game is making me care about the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, a lot, despite them not being the MCU versions, because, like, when I started this game, I was just like, okay, who are these, like, bargain bin Guardians? Like, I I care about the MCU ones, because I love those movies, but... I'm like, you know, 40% of the way through this game. I care a lot about these characters now, so uh, they're doing something right. So I'm looking forward to completing this game and sharing my final thoughts with you guys. But Yeah, I might have to watch a Let's Play of that one or something, because I don't really want to play it, I don't think. What I will say about the gameplay too, and again, I'm still relatively early, is that it starts out fairly like brain dead, right? Like you're just kind of holding a button, but complexity gets added over time. Uh, And you can kind of do like the Mass Effect thing where you can gain abilities for your guardians and then you can like command them and tell them where to use them. And like Peter gets different kinds of like ammo and weaponry, too. And so like the the combat gets better from what they've shown in the trailers. The the thing that made
1: me more interested is that like I kind of heard you could basically turn the combat off. And just play the
0: story. Yeah, there's like lots of accessibility options for this game, which so I, think I think is you, excellent. I yeah. think you can you can do that actually. So that's probably what
1: I would do if I played
0: it because I just wouldn't yeah. want to get through I, it. And I don't want to. I don't want to hang on this too long because I will talk about it later. But at least at this point, like it, this is definitely a triple A game, but it's lacking some some of like uh, you know, like I guess some polish, right? It is a little bit janky. Like it looks really good, and it. It plays fine, but, like, it's just, it feels like it could have used a few more months in the tank just to, like, polish some stuff, if that makes sense. But, um, I guess that's all I'll say about it for now. We'll revisit that at a later date. Uh, did you have one, Mike, for best narrative? Not really. Okay. <laughs> Mike doesn't play games with narratives, really. Yeah,
2: that'd be too pretentious. Yeah, I... Too pretentious having No, a story. I play games with narratives. I just had didn't play a lot of narrative focused games this year. Yeah. Or last year. Yeah, Valheim really doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Valheim is the own na- the narratives we create. I don't know, you didn't hate the narrative in Ace Combat, did you? Oh no, I love the narrative in Ace Combat. Yeah. That's part of the charm of it. Or did and that Project come Project Wingman's narrative. Project uh Ace Combat was two years ago. Oh
1: wow. Okay. Time is an illusion, so Yeah. Um, So let's talk best art direction. Uh, Deathloop won this one. (laughs) I don't know if I agree with that. (laughs) I so this is the only category I think Deathloop. I don't agree with it. I would have picked Psychonauts Two, which was a nominee here, or Ratchet and Clank. I think both of those are contenders, but Psychonauts Two is definitely mine.
0: Yes, Psychonauts Two is a gorgeous game, just because of again the sheer creativity of the visuals. But Ratchet and Clank is just one of those games. Like I hate to say it, but like the graphics are just so freaking good. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, a marvel to be- behold. It's just, like... Yeah, the, the way...
1: Yeah, I, I pick, uh... I pick Psychonauts too because the art direction is, like... The way that the art in the, uh... In the levels, where the levels are inside someone's mind, like, that the art tells a story in such a meaningful way in Psychonauts that, like, it's no, it's no contest for me that that game is the best art direction.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I have strong feelings on this one. Like, I think a lot of games, um... Uh, are worthy of this award. I don't know about the Artful Escape. I don't think I've even heard of this game before. I don't know Uh, if you guys have. Which is
1: weird, because I keep an eye on Annapurna.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, that Kana Bridge of Spirits is a gorgeous game. And it's not because of, like, the fidelity of the graphics or anything. The art style is very... It kind of reminds me of, like... Avatar The Last Airbender, almost, because it's, like, a very spiritual sort of game, set in a forest, a lot of, like, monk-type characters, so I, I really enjoyed uh, the art in Kano, too, it's very pretty to look at, so I just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, I I, I do want to say, though, like, I, I've been in
1: Deathloop, that game looks good, like, it, it didn't run super well and stuff, but, like, it, it looks I really good like and the aesthetic they're doing, there was, like, a weird... Just, they just did some weird stuff. It, it's, it's not a photo it's a very,
0: game. It's a very stylish game, I yeah. will say.
1: And I, yeah. yeah. I think it deserves credit for that because it was cool.
0: Yeah. Best score slash music winner is Near Replicant version 1.22474487139.
2: Call it Near Replicant. Don't worry about <laughs> the, don't worry about it's, the a, numbers. it's a well
0: deserved, like Near Replicant. Yeah, I, yeah, I played true. the game. I agree. It's, so, it's pretty good. <laughs> It's, I, I haven't
1: finished it, but that game sounds very good.
0: I have yet to play the Nier games, but I have not heard the end of the soundtrack for these games, so oh I will Oh my god, just, Nier Automata. Nier yeah, Automata is more memorable to me than Replicant, but Nier Replicant sounds really good. All that to say is, like, I don't even want to argue this, because I know, like, it's probably really good, so... Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy being on this list... That's kind of a cheat, I yeah, think, right? because that's it's just was, a bunch of, saying. like... That's a weird it's just pick. Yeah. It's just a bunch of, like, 80s music. So... Like,
1: yeah, the only, yeah, like, I'm looking at the games i played, and none of these had killer soundtracks, except, like, Near Replicant,
2: so... I mean, I like Cyberpunk's soundtrack. Yeah, it's but on uh, and it's on here. This is more of a bugbear with the Game Awards in general. There has not been a single Ace Combat game, or Ace Combat-like game, nominated for Best Score in Music, and I think that's an outrage. I think that's fair, but those are just games that not, you
1: know, they're not... They're a little niche. I, I bet a lot of people doing the Game Awards haven't even heard, you know, played them. So
2: I mean, everyone's heard of Ace Combat. Everyone's heard of it, but not everybody yeah. played it. Yeah, but Ace Combat was last year, right? So it was. It wasn't even nominated last
0: year. It might have been. I don't remember. I don't think it was. So, but yeah, uh, I'm just not going to argue
1: with best score in music. Near Replicant is good. <laughs> it's very yeah. good.
0: Best audio design, Forza Horizon Five wins. I could see that honestly. I, I so like.
1: I don't like cars or anything or racing games really, but just on visuals and like sat- how satisfying the visuals and audio were alone. I spent yeah. a bit of time in Forza Horizon Five, so like that's a well-deserved win in my opinion. So,
0: so I had a little, I had like Game Pass for a few days, and I tried out Forza Horizon Five. And let me tell you, I I was same as you, Connor. Don't care at all about cars. Could yeah. care less. It's a fun. That game. intro is one of the. Is, is yes just oh my god I, when i
1: played that intro i was like oh my god is this what this game is like and the answer is no the, the, the intro is was very different from the you, entire you
0: know what, what what's hilarious is like i played the intro i was like this is like one of the best racing game experiences i've ever had in my life yeah and then i kept playing and i was like this is this is and exactly this,
1: like every other racing game I've ever And played. then I,
0: you know what I did? I looked up how to delete my cloud Xbox save. So you can play the intro. Again. So I, I just play the intro over and over again. <laughs> Dude, that's fair. So that like, intro is
1: bonkers. It's so good, but they really couldn't keep it up. But I, that said, the game outside of the intro is still fun. It's just nowhere near as good as that intro. Which just just
0: yeah, that in that, that intro that is like be...
1: uncharted level crazy. Yeah, so that weird.
0: intro is like straight up like one of the best game intros. Like <laughs> there, there are brief moments so
1: where it gets stuff similar to that intro, but they're few and far between. Like it, it was kind of weird like <clears throat> that they opened with that because it was so different from the rest of the game. But the, the game is very good.
0: Yeah, best audio design, Death Loop. I don't, yeah, I, I don't more. remember it. Sorry, what were you gonna say?
1: I was just saying I got no argument forza horizon five deathloop definitely yeah I mean it was good but it was just a shooter it didn't sound incredible yeah. the one the one that's not on here is halo sounds pretty good halo infinite it's,
0: oh one thing I do want to say returnal like the 3d audio in that game is phenomenal yeah and uh, that is only something you can experience if you you know try it
1: yeah but, yeah uh, yeah I think I think returnal gets hurt a little bit by just being on the ps5. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, Resident Evil Village. I mean, like it was okay. Like horror games, I think by design have to good have good audio design because audio is a big part of like the horror. Yeah. And I'm thinking, have either of you played Resident Evil Village? No, I I hated Seven so much that I didn't bother. Okay, so there's a section in this game that, like, if ever if this game is like maybe like a I don't know a four or five out of ten on the horror scale. There's this one section in this game that is like an eleven. Is it the baby? Yeah, it's the baby. That's scary I've seen. <laughs> and, and the audio for that is is just mind-blowing. Like if we were just scoring based off that section, Resident Evil would win easily. Yeah. This category. Cause like that that one section made me crap myself, dude. Like I, I kid you not, like, I was just I was hor I was terrified. <laughs> like I was scared for my life playing this game. During that section. And it didn't reach those highs again after that. But my god, that was just... Yeah. That was tough. <laughs> um, so, okay. best performance? We want to move on to that? Uh, do we... <laughs> I kind of
1: want to just... No, I want to talk about best any... performance. Because I do want to say that uh, Jason E. Kelly is Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. And, oh god, I, I'm going to butcher this. Ozo- Ozioama Akaga is Juliana Blake in Deathloop
0: they were very good they
1: were insanely good yeah and i
0: lady dimitrescu must have been incredible no. to beat them like it, that's that's not this award is a joke i think oh, really? like okay. she was well, only I mean, in the game for like an oh, hour gosh. like yeah, not in I'm the like, game for that long that's why i'm like is
1: Giancarlo esposito like is he really in the because ra- i hear he's not in that game very much like
0: I, mean, I think he's more in the game. I think Giancarlo Esposito is more in Far Cry 6 than Maggie Robertson is in Resident Evil Village, wow. like straight up. But I like, but I still
1: think of, of all of these, I still like... They would have to be really good to beat the Deathloop people. The Deathloop people are yeah, no, really
0: good. I would vote for the Deathloop people for this one. Uh, the Life is Strange one, I don't know because I haven't played it, so that could be it, but... Yeah, yeah. I, it would have to be a lot better than
1: Life is Strange. I like Life is Strange, but Life is Strange 1 did not... The performances, or at least, like, maybe not even the performances, but, like, the stiffness of the game
0: took away from it in a way that Deathloop did not, so. Alright, so, Games for Impact, Life is Strange Two Colors won this one. I Uh, am gonna, I haven't played any of these games, unfortunately. Neither have I. I've I've heard very good things about Chicory, A Colorful Tale.
1: I think that had I played it before your eyes would almost certainly be my game of the year this year. I think it is probably, I've heard of it. It is a game where you are viewing a life and you have to have a webcam plugged in and the game sees when you blink. And when you blink, a huge amount of time passes in the world and you move to like a different phase of this life. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a little heady, but like, I have a hard time believing Life is Strange would impact me in a way that Before Your Eyes did not. Like, I, it it flew under my radar. It just kind of got away from me and I haven't played it yet. But I really think Before Your Eyes has potential to be like one of my favorite games ever.
0: That concept is just wild. Yeah. Like what you just described. That sounds very innovative. Yeah. I've also heard very good things
1: about Boyfriend, Dungeon, and Chicory, but I, I haven't played them and I haven't played Life is Strange. So I, basically, every game on this list is on like, is a game I have to play. Uh, but I will say it's really weird that unpacking isn't on it because unpacking would be my game for impact this year, because yeah. like it it yeah. emotionally devastated me.
0: I don't have too much to say for this category. I think Mike, should we move? Yeah, oh, Mike, do you
2: have anything? No, I have no strong opinion. You've not been impacted. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm never impacted anymore. That's okay. Best ongoing
1: game is not. I mean. Final Fantasy fourteen er- deserves it, I think. Probably, like I, it's like the only game on this list that I don't hear people whine about constantly. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. True. Very true. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I, I, I think I maybe like Binding
1: of Isaac could have been could have been on this, but it depends on if you count like releasing DLC. I guess you, I guess that's what Final Fantasy is doing. So I think it's weird that the Binding of Isaac isn't on here with Repentance coming out and everything. Yeah, that was this year, wasn't it? I think Re- so. That might have been twenty twenty. I don't know.
0: But yeah, no comment there. I probably agree Final Fantasy XIV is the right choice.
1: Yeah, I don't play a lot of ongoing games. I kind of just play and get out.
0: So best indie game, I bet you have some beef with this, Connor.
1: I haven't played Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Putting 12 (laughs) minutes on this list is like spitting in my face. It's so (laughs) bad.
0: That's so funny.
1: All the others, though, Death's Door, Inscription, Loop Hero. Inscription, obviously, that was my game of the year, probably. So Inscription probably should have won this for me.
0: I have purchased Death Store during like a like a sale or whatever, and I do plan on playing it because I've heard very good things about Death Store.
1: I, Wait, I, I thought you liked Twelve three Minutes. Three of these games are Devolver. Like Devolver
0: nails it. On no, no, Connor hates Twelve Minutes. Mike, he ranted who about it I, on
2: this show. Who did I talk to that liked Twelve Minutes?
0: I
1: so I was like back and forth on Twelve Minutes, but like it's a bad video game. Like it's so bad. It It's the story, but it's so, got, you know, so
0: bad and James McAvoy like or whatever. It's all that's there. doesn't it have James McAvoy. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. McAvoy. Okay. Yeah. He Maccaboy? plays the
1: he plays the main character. Daisy Ridley plays your is it fiance or wife. I can't remember. I think it's wife. And then um, Green Goblin, uh, Willem Dafoe plays the uh, the guy that comes in and kills you. That's
2: a lot of star power for an indie game.
1: That's also the entire cast of the game. I'm pretty sure. That's everybody.
2: Defoe's awesome.
1: That's all I'll say. Not everybody's performance was really good in the game. Like I, I like when I first started playing it, I was very engrossed because it was like just a very good little cutaway of that world. But then the game was boring. The puzzles were bad and the story was horrible. And <laughs> I mean, I'll even spoil it. Weirdly incestuous. Oh, I don't think I want that. Yeah, it's. It's a bad game.
0: <laughs> and very few things can make incest, you know, work.
1: Yeah, Cloud9, pretty good play. Very incestuous. I was
0: going to the only thing that came to mind was Game of Thrones to uh, me. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, let's move away from this. Yeah. Um.
1: Inscription wins best indie game. Sorry so about that.
0: So, Inscription, I very much look forward to playing, and I am expecting really good things. Loop Hero, I have played recently, and I really enjoyed. Yeah, Loop is uh, good. I will say... I've played a good chunk, probably more than half, of Cana Bridge of Spirits, and I'm very impressed by it. And so, I don't have any arguments with with this selection, but I feel like Inscription might be able to change my mind. I I think it would. I think Inscription... I think the people
1: who don't like Inscription probably did not beat the first section of it, because the game... Changes. I'm not even going to say it changes, because it's the same core game throughout, but, like... It just... I, I can't say anything. I'm just gonna say like if yeah, you play inscription, okay. you need to play it until you roll credits. And if you stop before then you don't get to talk about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I it is very high on my list of things to play. Yeah. So Mike, do you have any thoughts on this
2: category? I didn't play any of these games.
0: Yeah, that's I figured.
2: <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't do much this year. Didn't it was play Valheim- any of games at all though? yeah valheim i mean <laughs> it was valheim yeah So valheim's literally. on
0: this next list uh best debut indie game
2: which Tana has also won wait where's
0: okay we're not looking what at the list same list then
2: yeah oh, okay weird was, I'm, was... I'm on the site itself the next category for the site is best mobile game
1: Yeah. Same. okay
2: here. I'm, I'm on ign
1: <laughs> oh okay i'm on uh i'm on wikipedia the game awards uh, uh, okay but, but we let's can just go best mobile game because i don't think any of us well no super auto Pets. they got it <laughs>
0: Oh uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let's just let's, impact. Best debut indie game, because I feel like it's connected to best indie game. Yeah. Uh have you guys played Sable or I have played Sable.
1: Sable sits in a really weird spot for me. Uh I liked what I played of it, but I also just haven't turned like I played it once for like two hours and I liked what I played and then I just never turned it on again. Like, yeah, okay, I don't I don't
0: know like, what it is. So.
1: It's a lot like Breath of the Wild with no combat. Like it, it like down to like having a gliding ability and stuff and like a huge open world that like is frankly better designed than most AAA open worlds. It sounds like Genshin impact. <laughs> no, it's, it's not like Genshin impact at all. It's, it's a good game, which like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe It's like, it's a scenery game. Like you're, you're going around this world and it's, it's about this girl named Sable and her culture. Like you, you reach a certain age You put on a mask and you can, you get a magical ability to like float in a bubble and that's your glide ability. And I think it's called the gliding or something is the journey she goes on. And it's a journey. It's a very culturally important journey of self-discovery where you go out and you figure out what mask you're going to wear for the rest of your life.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: And I think it's a really meaningful game for the people that finished it, but I just didn't I, I had a hard time. It didn't stick the hooks in me like I wanted it to. I haven't finished it. I think if I did finish it, I'd really like it. But
0: Yeah. So Sable was on this list, Artful Escape, Forgotten City, Valheim, and Kana. And uh, I feel like these are all mostly very strong games. Yeah, uh, obviously, I mean, Mike's stupid. pick would be Valheim. But I mean, Valheim really did a lot to the survival genre. I will say another thing that impressed me about Kana was that this was this studio's first video game. Yeah, that's wild. This, and it, like and it looks like the way really it does. Good. Yeah. It, it's because like they I think they have like like lots of like traditional animators on their team that are like are accustomed to making like movies and they uh were able to pull off some really nice animation for for Kana. Yeah. So, I mean I'm looking forward to what they do next if this was their first game. So, yeah, kudos I to these the people.
1: Being I forgot that that was their first game because that started as a Skyrim mod. Yeah. That's yeah. The Forgotten City is really good. I think the next thing they do is going to be crazy.
0: Yeah. All right. So, best mobile game. Yeah. So, it's I will. Super Auto Pets, right? Like... It's got to be Super Auto Pets. <laughs> like as, as Northern Line would argue, Super Auto Pets is actually straight up just game of the year. Yeah. I don't know if I'd agree with that. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I wouldn't. You know, I didn't. You know, when 2021 happened, I wouldn't have co- thought that I would have been addicted to a mobile game, much less like a mobile game that isn't like predatory, right? Super Auto Pets is. Just an auto-battler without any sort of, like, you know, pay-to-win or any sort of, like, addictive uh, monetary mechanics, right? It's just, like, a game. And it's also available on, you know, PC, too, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a mobile game. But it's just so... I don't know. The thing about Super Auto Pets is that, like, I've played a lot of, like, auto-chess games. And this one's, like, more simple than most. But it's just, like, the the matter-of-fact, like blatant use of like emojis as the artwork in the game and just like it's It's the whole silliness of it is just like puts it onto a weird level for me like it's just it's just never not funny to look at like it's always hilarious yeah (laughs) at all times i haven't played it but i've watched i've watched
1: northern lion play it and i do enjoy (laughs) it i enjoy it's just so
0: funny and when you combine that with northern line who is like who i also discovered last year who is just naturally extremely funny it's like highly entertaining uh to play that game and to watch him play
2: that game so okay i changed my opinion on best mobile games the paycheck has come in let's go genshin impact okay (laughs) okay i'm kidding
1: I, i haven't even like i have some friends who play marvel future revolution i didn't know there was a league game on mobile
2: yeah, it's just League. Is it really? Yeah, it's just Mobile League. No way. I didn't know that existed. And it came up before Pokemon Unite was a thing. You know, it's funny. I did actually
0: start Genshin Impact, I think, at the end of last year, and then I stopped. But, like, when I played, I was pretty interested. It honestly kind of seemed like 3D Maple Story to me, which is a very well, dangerous thing. But You didn't hit the gotcha point yet. I didn't like I. I played like ten minutes of it. Yeah, so. I. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm the same. I played
1: very little Genshin impact, but like people talk about it a lot. I don't know. Yeah, and people like it quite a bit. So I just don't. I mean, it is literally a mobile game, I guess, but I don't think of it as one because like I played it on PS4.
2: Yeah, I played everybody. It on, everybody who I know has played Genshin has told me not to play Genshin. And so I'm. That not sounds right. Play yeah,
1: because they probably it's a gacha game. You sink a lot of money into it. It's unhealthy. But. Yeah, I'm just not gonna touch it. I don't yeah. like gacha games in general.
2: Well, All let's, right, let's not see. talk about... I mean, we don't play mobile games a whole lot, so... I mean, yeah.
0: Best I mean, I could talk about is...
2: Pokemon Unite, but my Pokemon Unite's... Do you like an it? An okay MOBA. Yeah. It's oh, okay. It's kind of Poke... what i heard. I remember when Pokemon Unite first came out, I was over the moon. I thought it was
0: fantastic, and I just sort of, like, it fizzled out after, like, a week for me, but, like, I yeah, still think it's such a neat
2: idea. There's a lot of Pokemon stuff that's just fizzled out recently. Like, Yeah, I think the, the, the bad part about Pokemon Unite is that... The entire game flow revolves around one thing. Yeah. Like, the, la- the, f- the last two minutes of the game are all that matters. And anything that happens before then is all garbage.
1: Oh, well, that's kind of... I don't understand it's all what garbage you're saying, stuff. but that sounds lame.
2: Because, like, there's a well, big comeback... Yeah. Mechanic. You get double points in mm, the last two Yeah, minutes. if
1: you catch the golden snitch, you get 150 points, and the rest of the game doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, pretty much. That's good game design. Um,
1: Best community support... Uh, this one went to Final Fantasy 14, and again, I have a hard time disputing that. Yeah, I don't want to dispute that, especially because like a lot of these other ones, I feel like they got nominated because they, in a literal sense, have community support. But like when I when I again when I look at these subreddits, like the Destiny 2 subreddit doesn't like Destiny 2, the Apex Legends subreddit doesn't like Apex Legends. Fortnite, I don't even know how to talk about that game. Cause
0: is Fortnite's audience Fortnite. even like old enough to,
2: to is have a Fortnite community? even a game anymore? Like,
1: yeah, it's it's we... a platform, but but at this point, it's a platform now. No Man's Sky is an interesting inclusion on this list, and I don't really know what happened to No Man's Sky in 2021, but it was probably good because
2: Hello oh, it got it's it got a Mass Effect crossover. That's pretty cool. That is very. It was very cool. I now have the Normandy in No Man's Sky. I don't even play No Man's Sky. That is pretty neat. Um, yeah no disputes there yeah
1: best ar vr uh, hey, Evil hey there's hitman <laughs> on this one that's really cool i haven't played it but resident evil 4 being in vr is really cool from whatever yeah I I, I I i agree hitman uh, the other the other uh nominations are hitman 3 i expect you to die too, by uh friend of the show shell games <laughs> which is ah. bonkers that they're on here. I love shell games, and I Expect You to Die is one of my favorite VR games. I have not played the sequel yet. Uh, Lone Echo 2 and Sniper Elite VR. I I think if it were me, I Expect You to Die too. probably would have won if it's as good as the first one. Uh have not played Resident Evil 4, though, so kind of hard to say.
0: I have not either, but... You know, this is just one of those Resident Evil 4 is one of those legendary video games.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I don't think Hitman 3 really stood a chance here. And it makes me mad that this is the only Hitman 3 mentioned on this list. But I don't think Hitman 3 really stood a chance because it's not really a VR game, right? It was kind of it's not. I mean, you can
0: you can play it in VR and it's fine. But the the actual experience is, I think, way better. So, yeah.
1: Uh, Next up innovation or yeah, I don't. Yeah, you got into VR this year, didn't you, Mike? Do you have any disputes here? no okay because i didn't really play vr a whole lot this year honestly i
2: played a good bit of vr this year but i didn't play any of the yeah the you games that of- were nominated yeah yeah i went through the backlog which is and by the backlog good, i mean i just played veto vr
1: it's a good backlog uh innovation and accessibility this one went to forza horizon 5 which i think is the obvious choice i think forza horizon 5. it's also
2: presented by chevrolet cool
1: yeah <laughs> doesn't have that on my list but forza horizon
0: 5 you can just make the cars slower <laughs> like and like yeah so this one's i mean i i lack the insight to make you know a judgment on this but i'm kind of surprised guardians of the galaxy didn't win just based off of what i've heard of yeah for I'm, the accessibility options in that game i'm not because i think i think forza horizon
1: 5 would beat marvel's guardians of the galaxy almost on genre alone like there's just more you could do with forza to make it accessible. I feel like
0: that's fair. Yeah.
1: than you could, cause like, you know, I mean, you can literally slow down time. Like, and also forza uh, from what I've seen, guardians of the galaxy doesn't do this, but I played a good bit of forza and I had some of these accessibility options on at first and I was playing and the game was like, Hey, you're winning really easily. Do you want us to make this a little harder? And I said, yeah. And they just took some of it off. And like, I'm bad at the game, but it just gradually like got to the point where it was the correct difficulty for me in a very natural way. Yeah. And yeah, in a way that not a lot of games have done for me. And I don't, I don't know if it would even be possible with a lot of games, but Forza saw the opportunity and did it. I've also heard good things about Far Cry, but.
0: Yeah. And I think I just want to give a shout out to games in general. Like, I feel like accessibility is really being put at the forefront now and you i think other metroid
1: dread which yeah well didn't bother
0: but I, no i think i mean like compare this to five years ago even like yeah. no one really had accessibility options to the extent that we have today and la- now like it's everywhere and it's so in depth too so it's just it's just bringing gaming to more people which is awesome so yeah uh uh, are we ready to move on yeah i'm ready to move on i don't yeah. have anything else to say about accessibility uh best action game returnal wins this and i don't want to hear any arguments
1: yeah uh, i mean i didn't <laughs> yeah play, i didn't play returnal i do want to say what won for me though and uh yeah
0: that might be halo like halo infinite is so is halo not on this list because it came out too late it I probably earlier
1: cuz it well oh, it wasn't it was out in beta so yeah probably yeah, yeah so let'll I'll scrub halo from the record
2: I mean halo would have took it took a back for blood spot on the nominations anyway
0: yeah, also, yeah i'm back kind of sub- surprised. Video surprised yeah, yeah was, i'm surprised back for blood spot. is on this
2: list yeah but just if you want to if you want the experience just play left for dead 2
0: but another I comment I want to make on Returnal. There are times in that game where you feel like you're in the freaking matrix, dude. Like you are dodging like yeah. projectiles left and right and you know like time isn't slowing down or anything, but like you just enter like this flow state where you're just like ultra instinct dodging everything and it feels so perfect. Yeah. And it's just it's a it's a special gameplay. I'm realizing uh, I didn't uh, in play a game. lot of
1: action games this year.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, because Metroid Eternal is
1: not on this list because it's called an action adventure game, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean Metroid Dread would be better than everything other than Returnal for me on this list. Yeah, and like we'll so. go ahead and say
1: Metroid Dread won best action adventure game, and like yeah, obviously, yeah, like yep, yep I don't want to disagree with that. Yeah, I yeah. The other candidates are Guardians of the Galaxy, which I, I I would say that that deserves the call for narrative, but I have a hard time believing it deserves the nomination here. Psychonauts two. Sure, Ratchet & Clank, absolutely. Resident Evil, weird to call a horror game an action-adventure game, but whatever, gang. Like, I feel like there's no horror here, so they had to put it somewhere. Yeah, I agree with Returnal for best action and Metroid Dread for best action-adventure. Just on, on the core conceit that I did not play a lot of action games this year, for some reason. Yeah.
0: So, best RPG. This one, I don't think I played many RPGs last year, which is kind of rare for me. Uh, but, uh, the nominees are Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei V, and Tales of Arise, and Tales of Arise one. I don't know if I have any comments on this list, I which, know, is, I don't either. which I didn't is kind of surprising. Of these
1: games, I, if I had played the Monster Hunter Rise would be my win, but I also don't really think of Monster Hunter as an RPG.
0: I was going to say, like, Monster Hunter isn't an RPG, is it? I wouldn't call it one, but it is, I mean, in a literal sense...
1: Yeah, because you are playing a character, your character gets stronger, but the, the increases are all, you don't level up. Your increases are all through your gear and stuff, so it's in a weird spot for me. But of these games, my favorite, I didn't play it, but I can tell you for certain my favorite would have been Monster Hunter Rise had I played it.
0: Yeah, so I've always heard good things about the Tales series, It's like a JRPG series. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like. Oh, is that like Tales of Vesperia and Tales of. Yes.
1: Oh, I would have liked that too. I didn't play it. I grew up playing Tales of Symphonia, I think.
0: Yes. This is all the same series. And, like, I've always heard good things about it, but, like, you know, there's only so many games I can (laughs) give my attention to. Anyways. So, uh, best fighting game. Nominees were Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, which is like a Naruto Storm X uh, esque game developed by CyberConnect. Which you know they're fine games, but they're not really fighting games. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood, Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Um, I will say I'm not surprised at the winner at all. Guilty Gear Strive. It's like it's the most stylish-looking fighting game I've ever seen. Like I love—I don't know anything about the mechanics in that game, but I love like watching people play it just because it looks so incredible.
1: Yeah, the only one I played here is Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. So uh, yeah, I don't same. Feel like I, I played I to say because I haven't even heard of most of these.
2: I played Nick All Star Brawl. Nickel? I've only known about two of them from the memes.
0: Yeah. So I, I I haven't. So I, the ones I know of are Nick demon slayer and guilty gear and nickelodeon was fun right like it's super janky and like definitely needs you know updates i think but like it's it's become its own thing almost right like it already has a pretty competitive scene which is cool demon slayer is just like you know it's just a really well-made arena fighter game based off of the demon slayer anime which is fine right but it isn't like a fighting game in the sense like the other games on the list are And Guilty Gear Strive is, I think, probably the obvious winner here uh, for the reasons I mentioned before. But, yeah, those are my thoughts.
1: Yeah, no complaints. You can have it.
0: Best family game.
1: I take beef with It Takes Two winning this, if I'm being honest, because I've not seen a lot of It Takes Two. But it is not a game I would sit down and play with a kid, like, which is what I think of when they, I think family.
0: There are parts of It Takes Two that are absolutely not okay for children.
1: Yeah, so I really say. don't think it should have won this. I, In a literal sense, you played it with your family, but, like, I think putting It Takes Two and Mario Party Superstars in the same category is insane.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like Mario Party should probably win this game. <laughs> no, my pick is uh, easy Super Mario
1: 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Yeah, but that's not a multiplayer game. game. Huh?
0: I don't know. When I think of family game, I guess I default to it has to be multiplayer, but I guess that's not true. 3D World is multiplayer. Is it? And Bowser's Fury, yeah, somebody else can
1: take control of Bowser Jr. So they're both multiplayer. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. 3D World was the first multiplayer 3D Mario game. Uh, you can have four people running around just like New Super Mario Bros. That's cool. It's ex- I played through the whole thing with a friend. Uh, online, it has it is a Nintendo game with functional online
0: multiplayer. <laughs> so the I would probably give my vote to Super Mario Superstarts only because like since this game came out, this is the only thing I play with my family whenever we play games, really? which is kind of wild. Yeah, like. My my sisters are in love with this game. A lot of my friends are in love with this game. We play this online together often, and it's really sort of got staying power in a way that previous Mario parties didn't. Which is kind of funny, right? Because it's just like a collection of old Mario parties. Which yeah, the the
1: only reason I hesitate to concede that because like 3D World is a remake, so like it feels weird or not a remake, a a re-release, remaster. I don't even know. It did improve on 3D World, and it added online multiplayer and stuff, but the level design is unchanged. But Bowser's Fury was so good that it's really hard for me to concede this one.
0: Yeah, yeah but Bowser's Fury itself is not... A f- eh, I mean, I guess... I disagree. Guess they... you, can, in a, you could play it, like, it
1: has a little brother mode type thing, like... Yeah. And it, like, yeah, it, it's also, like, super family-friendly, and...
0: I guess the way I'm looking at this category is if I, like, sat down with my family and played each one of these games, I... I, I feel think... like you're ranking it as, like,
1: best party game more than best
0: Yeah, party game. I think maybe I am. Yeah.
1: And I, and I... God help you, there's no best party game on this list, so...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the Game Awards are dumb. Don't tell them I said so. But... Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like, it's... So here's the thing. So the... I, I guess we have to go into that a little bit. The Game Awards are a little dumb, but I am glad that something like this exists for gaming, right? Just to sort of, like... Just for the ceremony of it, right? Just so we can, like, celebrate video games. Yeah, I just, Yeah, yeah, I agree with you
1: to an extent. I do just wish somebody with some actual tastes was involved in it, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it's tough, because, like, Jeff Keeley, he's... He, he has like a panel of judges and they're like a global panel like from all Yeah, no, it, it very
1: much like the oscars is like limited by the panel like
0: yeah i don't know what the solution to that is maybe like open it up to more people or something but yeah
1: yeah because i wouldn't want it open to democracy or whatever like i
0: mean there is like a user mode like a user like a yeah fan vote or whatever too so yeah and, and i'm I, pretty sure halo infinite won the fan vote or something
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, the fan vote is going to be so much more reliant on, like, recency bias and stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. It is kind of a compromise, but... Yeah,
1: I just... You know, it's it's my God-given task to complain about this, just like people who (laughs) care about movies whine about the Oscars every year. Yeah. It's just what you do.
0: Okay, so moving on, and I think we should pick up the pace a little bit.
1: Yeah, best sports uh, racing game, Forza Horizon 5. Yep. Yeah, no Nothing no matters.
2: reason to dispute yeah. that at all. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, mean, I don't even care fuss sports games.
1: Yeah, like yeah. there was one other, like, there was one on Game Pass that I liked. Can't remember if it came out this year. I'm not going to complain too much, but it was about riding a bike down a hill, and
0: I forget what it was called. So I think this next category is actually kind of interesting. Best Sim slash strategy game, Age of Empires 4 has won this game. But some of the nominees, Humankind, Inscription, Microsoft Flight Simulator... This category is insane. Flight Simulator should not be competing against Age of Empires
1: 4. That is yeah, no yeah. Sense. I think best sim- oh,
0: yeah. best strategy should be separate categories. <laughs> that
1: I'll said, I, you're probably thinking I'm going to argue for Inscription here, and I'm not. Inscription, as far as being a strategy game, was good, but probably not better than Age of Empires.
0: Yeah, I oh, yeah. I, I, I got to play Age of Empires. Yeah,
2: 100% Age of Empires. Yeah. Humankind was good, and it did some cool things, but it was also fairly shallow.
0: Yeah, I feel like it it's humankind needs a little more dev time from my yeah, impression. It needs of it. more depth. Yeah. Yeah. Best multiplayer game. Okay. Uh God. back for Back for Blood, it takes two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, Valheim. Interesting that New World is on here. I've always I've heard good things about New World, Amazon's MMO. You've yeah. heard uh, good things? I have heard, heard,
2: heard
1: everything I, from every category. I, I, do, have I heard It's interesting it's that Death Loop is not nominated games. here.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. That's strange.
1: Very um, strange. <laughs> I'll
0: nominated.
2: I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I'm not inclined to complain about It Takes Two. I will say, like, if Super Mario 3D World was allowed in Family Game, even though it's a remake, I would definitely put it as a candidate here, because that game's multiplayer is hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, I'm I mean- also, again, like... Am I allowed to talk about Halo Infinite here? Because if I am, Halo Infinite wins for me, that multiplayer. Yeah, I think we
0: have to. I think we have to count it, right? Because it came out in 2021, right? Like, we don't have to adhere to their. So Halo Infinite definitely
1: wins best multiplayer game for me. That that multiplayer is sublime. It is
0: so good. The Halo Infinite multiplayer, from what I have played, I enjoyed a lot. Um I do see the case for it takes 2 just for it being such an innovative co-op game but like when I think of a multiplayer game I don't know if I yeah, think of like a, a, a two-player two player co-op game different
1: things in my mind yeah, like, yeah
0: yeah Okay so I think we can skip a lot of these next categories right I don't think any of us really follow esports too hard right uh, yeah, I yeah I don't even have these on my these list These content creator of the year no, I don't no, know no, any of these No content creator of the year we were snubbed yeah, we should have won content creator we of the year. We should have won. Oh,
1: really. you're right. I didn't even think of us.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hold on, let me just Photoshop the page to show the Game Talk <laughs> podcast winning content creator of the year.
0: The only reason I know who Dream is be- is because of the memes yeah, of, uh, that Donkey right. made uh, on, the, on this creator. But uh, yeah, we're going to skip all the esports stuff just because we have no expertise there and go to this final category here most anticipated game and the nominees are elden ring god of war ragnarok for horizon forbidden west uh zelda breath of the wild 2 and starfield which are all highly anticipated games yeah the only
1: game on the only two games on this list that i don't really care about are starfield and horizon and i might care about starfield i just don't know enough about it yet
0: yeah the the rest of this like this is these are some incredible games like so uh, what i will say in elden ring one and now that we're in 2022 and I think next episode we'll get more into this. 2022 is going to be one of those legendary years.
1: Yeah. Uh, if just, Breath of the Wild 2 makes it out this year, like
2: So I mean, just a little a little little backtracking. 2020 Elden Ring also won most anticipated game.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've been I mean, anticipating this game for 2 years. Elden Ring is going to is going to shake the world, I think. Is
1: Ragnarok uh, the- definitely coming out this year?
2: Yeah, Ragnarok's happening this year. God of War sequel was on the 2020s. Is Starfield Horizon Forbidden West year? was on there.
0: Yeah, Starfield is scheduled for this year. Yeah, okay. all, ec- and Microsoft, Sony, there. and Nintendo have their biggest guns happening this year, which is just wild. And then think. Elden Ring, which is like, which is just probably it might be bigger than all of them, <laughs> which yeah. is just
2: crazy. You know? I I was, I'm thinking, I think most anticipated game had Halo Infinite on it, and they took it off at the last minute, because last year it had Halo Infinite on it. Yeah. And it actually is one game short this year. But something crazy,
0: so this most anticipated list, to an extent, I'm anticipating all of these games, right? Like, Starfield, I'm excited for, just because I know it's Bethesda in space, and I think that could be really cool. Yeah, Bethesda
1: has, Starfield has some serious potential, but I also think that, like, the Bethesda formula... Is all like I don't care for Fallout. I definitely didn't care for Out uh, Outer Worlds.
0: I think it if it's Fallout. Elder Scrolls in space,
1: I'm kind of in. Honestly, see, I, I'm the opposite. I think that they need to adapt a little bit to make it work in space. Like because the Elder Scrolls formula does not work once you introduce guns in my mind. So
0: yeah, I, I don't know. There is something about this game though. Like I feel like it's gonna. I, the trailer I, was it's one of those things. Albeit. I feel like it's gonna yeah. be. It's going to be special. Yeah. I, I can I can kind of tell. And also, so just to go through this list, Breath of the Wild 2, I don't really even need to justify why I'm excited for that. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I love the first Horizon. I'm so looking forward to this next one. God of War Ragnarok. Again, like, if you know me, like, God of War was probably my favorite PS4 game. Like, I, this game, I'm going to probably take off work for. Yeah. Like, I think if Horizon Forbidden West learned some lessons from breath of the wild i think it
1: definitely did because because (laughs) like horizon came out at such a weird time for me
0: it might have come out before breath of the wild did it it came out like literally uh, it was either like a week after or a week before like it was right there with it but breath of the wild
1: ruined every other open world game in the world for me and like
0: yeah that's that's fair honestly
1: so like horizon really just didn't even get a chance for me if Forbidden West learned from Breath of the Wild, but brings that Horizon heat, then there's a chance I would yeah. really
0: like. From the game. from what I've seen of Forbidden West, it seems it seems like it's taking a lot of inspiration. I think yeah. so. That's very positive. Uh, which it should honestly, like any open world game released after Breath of the Wild, should take inspiration. I think. Yeah. To some inspiration at least. You don't have to copy paste, but uh, and obviously Elden Ring, uh, which will probably be. I'm not I don't want to make wild guesses here, but I'm gonna say it's, it's it has the potential to be Miyazaki's like magnum opus, it's which is be a good video. Game. Wild yeah. to say because like this man has already created, you know, games of the generation level games. I could see before. myself
1: taking off work for Elden Ring. Like
0: yeah, oh my god, yeah. You, know, you know, for me, it's going to be wild because. Forbidden West comes out, and then I think the following week, or maybe later that week, Elden Ring comes out. <laughs> so like, I mean, it's gonna be
1: like pretty packed for me because I'll be playing. God of War comes out on PC like a week from today, or no, it comes out on Friday, I think. Oh wow! And I'm not, that's, I'm not too excited game, so I'll probably be playing that until Elden Ring comes out.
0: I do recommend. So like, God of War. The new one is obviously like a good, great jumping on point. I do recommend if you have the time, like find a YouTube video just summarizing the events of one through three because you will get a little more out of it if
1: you do that. But I might just play them because I've kind of fallen in love with the uh, like the Devil May Cry games from around that time, and I, I think the gameplay is somewhat similar.
0: I think the gameplay in Devil May Cry will probably be better, but like oh, almost certainly because yeah. Devil May Cry is so- like
1: genre defining an industry standard setting but
0: yeah but you know just just a small recommendation before you jump into god of war on pc yeah but, but yeah those are that's everything uh so that's i think 2021 in a nutshell for us you know like it's it's funny because when 2021 started I was like, "Yeah, this this is gonna be one of those years for video games that's not very good." Totally wrong. Like, it was a fantastic year. It was, I think. It was a
1: good year. It was not like a legendary year, but it was a very good year.
0: It, it was a very good year. I think twenty twenty two has all the the all the stars are aligning for it to be a legendary year. Yeah. I uh, agree. So it's gonna be very exciting. Uh, do we want to get into what we've been playing? uh yeah, I do. Um, you want me to kick us off? Or yeah, do it. Uh,
1: so I, I picked up the binding of Isaac repentance recently and I'm a little late to this party, but I, and to be clear when, when the binding of Isaac came out like 10 years ago or whatever, I really liked it. Like I fell in love with that game hard. I don't think I really dove into it until like my freshman year of college, which was not 10 years ago. That was closer to like six, six or five years ago. So like, I think after Birth had just come out, and I was playing that. And I just really liked it. I liked that like there were rewards, like there were special bosses, there were secret characters and everything. I really liked all that. It was kind of genre-defining between it and Spelunky. They're like the classic roguelite games, or roguelike games, depending on, you know, it's a scale. I don't understand why anybody is playing The Binding of Isaac anymore. Like, I don't understand how Repentance, like how people are still watching an episode of Northern Lion playing The Binding of Isaac every night, I don't understand. Because uh, while Repentance is good, it really does just kind of add stuff. The the game didn't meaningfully change as far as I can tell. Like, there were balance changes and stuff. But it still really feels like an old game. Like, it it doesn't feel... It just feels really dated to me, especially when, like, I've played Enter the Gungeon, which, while I I'm not going to say this is objectively true, in my opinion enter the gungeon took the binding of Isaac formula and then improved it in every conceivable way. And like it, it just kind of made the binding of Isaac and, um, just obsolete to me. So I, I was yeah, wondering if you guys have any have any take on that because it's really so, weird for me. Like
0: I've actually not played the Binding of Isaac yet. Like I always hear it's kind of like the father of, uh, roguelikes almost it, it and spelunky i think Spel- spelunky's
1: considerably <laughs> yeah. older than the binding of isaac i think but spelunky classic at least
0: yeah so I, I definitely been meaning to play it and i know nl's plays it quite regularly uh yeah he's still yeah, beyond that he,
1: he like just recently because because of like his child i even think the birth of his child he didn't miss any episodes of <laughs> binding of isaac he releases one a day
0: <laughs> yeah
1: he just recently missed a few because his child got sick yeah
0: but yeah, I, I unfortunately I don't have any comments at this time. I just I
1: think it's weird, and I, I almost I was hoping somebody would argue with me because I don't understand it. I don't get how culturally sort of this this game, other than that it was first, how it still takes up so much space in the genre when it's been done so much better, in my opinion. Yeah, and then I kind of want to put it up against Spelunky Two because I kind of contradict myself here. Spelunky Two is also just kind of adding stuff to Spelunky 1. It kind of just replaces it, but it's Also, I want to point out, Spelunky 2, in my opinion, kind of replaces Spelunky 1. There's not a lot of reason to go backwards. But Spelunky 2 costs $25, and if you want the full Binding of Isaac experience, I think you're spending more than $60 on that game because you have to buy Binding of Isaac Rebirth, and then you have to buy Afterbirth, and then you have to buy Afterbirth Plus, and then you have to buy Repentance
0: interesting i didn't realize they were like expansions like that i thought you just bought repentance
1: and you got everything i think you can buy repentance but it's like a 60 dollars package that includes all the Mm. dlc so like kind of wild to me because if you're asking me spelunky 2 way more fun than the binding of isaac repentance uh love that game and i think they compare and contrast pretty well because they're from a similar era yeah but also like i was always gonna like spelunky 2 more i love platformers and stuff but Splunky Two definitely ma- has me contradicting myself because Splunky Two is really just Splunky Two. They didn't they didn't shake up the the genre at all. Really, they just kind of added some more choices stuff. and like the density of choices you make in Splunky Two is incredible. Like I, I I was thinking about it from a design perspective earlier this week. There's a a floor early in the game where there's this guy called Yang and he wants some turkeys and. You, there are turkeys on the floor for sure, and you have so many options with these turkeys because when you're riding a turkey, kind of like Yoshi, it improves your mobility. You can Yoshi jump off of it, and also if you get hit while riding a turkey, the turkey takes the damage instead of you, so it's kind of like a, a buffer there. You can also drop a bomb, and a bomb will cook these turkeys, and there are two of them that you can get for free, and you can steal an additional one from Yang if you want to fight him. And you can cook these turkeys and that's three HP or two HP if you don't want to fight. But if you deliver them to Yang, then he'll give you a key and there's like a chance at loot. And just like this, is this all happens within three minutes in the game. And like that density of choice is just huge. There's so mm-hmm. many choices you have to make. And Splunky 2 is full of that. You're constantly making significant choices. Whereas in the Binding of Isaac, uh, Repentance, you make like one choice per floor, essentially the rest is just skillful gameplay. Yeah. And I I don't know. I've been comparing and contrasting them in my head. I I'm pretty addicted to Splunky too right now, which is like probably more so now than when it came out, which is kind of funny. But very good.
0: I mean it's for. one of those evergreen games,
1: right? Like Oh yeah, I mean I was playing Splunky not- HD and before that I was playing Splunky Classic. Like Splunky has been a pretty permanent fixture in my life since like 2006 or something. Yeah. Very good video game uh still waiting on cross-platform multiplayer derek i uh i would really like that soon
0: i can go next yeah if you're done yep go for it uh so um i've been playing loop hero good game which uh did you get was was mentioned on epic
1: games like
0: no i got it on switch
1: oh it was it was free on epic games
0: recently I only I only played like a, it was like on sale, mm-hmm. like I only paid a couple bucks, but yeah, like, a yeah, this is a, this is an interesting game. Right. So it, it's it's it, how would I describe it? It's like a uh, it's, it's like an, an auto game. battle. It's an auto battling. Yeah, it's like an idle game, but it's like an auto battling roguelike deck building game. <laughs> Super on Which, the roguelite
1: side, I would say.
0: Yeah, ro- yeah, yeah, for sure. But
1: yeah, definitely but, in that genre. Yeah,
0: the way the way it works is so you 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 play as this hero, right? And like basically everything has been destroyed, like an apocalypse has happened, and humanity has basically ended. And you start out in this small settlement, and you have to like venture out into the world and like remember the world because like everything has been forgotten as well. And as you remember the world, like y- like, um you can remember the world in in the form of, like, different cards. So you have, like, meadow cards and, like, stone cards, mountain cards. So you can remember these things, and that becomes, like, the terrain for your map. So a, a, as you put, like, a mountain card down, you can place a mountain on the map, and then it'll, like, come into existence. It's a really kind of weird, abstract story. But, like, your character just progresses in a loop. Like, just uh, over and over again, and as uh you come across the uh, traverse the loop you fight enemies and stuff and you don't do any actual inputs you can get gear and stuff to equip uh onto your character to do more damage and stuff but like the 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 battling is all automated right yeah and uh each time you do the loop the enemies become stronger and eventually a boss boss shows up etc and it's interesting cuz like at any point, like, you complete a loop, you can go back to your camp and take all of your spoils with you. But if you die uh, on the, you know, while you're doing a loop, you can only take, like, 30% of the spoils with you. So you have to, like, manage that risk as you, like, complete a loop. Like, okay, look at my health. Like, look at my gear. Like, do you think you can survive another loop? Yeah. Because as you progress, each loop gets tougher and tougher because you put down cards then, and some of the cards spawn enemies. And so the, the loop becomes more populated with enemies the more loops you do. But you know the rewards also become better too, like you get more resources so it's it's definitely a game where you have to it's it's a the risk reward is like a very prevalent choice uh in that game at all times and you know when you go back to your camp with your resources, you can build like things to help your settlement like you can build like a kitchen or a forge or and you know a farm or that sort of thing and like these things can you know <clears throat> improve the gameplay like during the loop. Like, or you could unlock new classes and stuff like that, and, um, or you can unlock perks and stuff for your character i I think like XP is kind of locked away at the beginning of the game until you build a specific building in your settlement and then you can start gaining XP and leveling up. It's just really cool, yeah, uh stuff like that. It's just uh it's a really unique game. I think that's that's the the best thing to say about it. There's nothing quite like this that I've played before, yeah, um I like this game. Uh, but it, it does do a couple of
1: things That don't sit right with me It uh well one like it Commits the cardinal sin of a roguelite in my Mind which is that like The game is not like like it sh- You shouldn't win a roguelite on your first Try but like it should Be possible in my opinion like, if that makes sense, like, you should yeah. lose because you're not good enough yet, not because you literally don't have the tool set to win.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing, like, with this game, it's just, I think luck plays almost too big of a role in this game. Yeah. Right? Like, there's very little, like, the only actual skill, I think, is in, one, the card placement, and two, deciding whether to run or not.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, and that's another thing that kind of bugs me, is that, much like Forager, which you, 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 if you long-time fans of the show will remember my rant against this game, it, like, demands just enough of you, uh, Loop Hero does, that I don't feel like I could do something else, like have it on my second monitor while I'm doing something else.
0: And yeah, like, because those decisions you have to make, you actually have to sort of think about sometimes. Yeah, exactly.
1: So. And, like, but not enough of me to necessarily, like, if I played Loop Hero for three hours... I would feel like I did nothing for three hours, kind of. Even though I might have, like, had an okay time while I was playing it, I don't think I would feel good at the end of that. And that's why I really haven't played very much of it. it really, yeah. It, it is It I'm, is essentially an idle game that you can't walk away from.
0: Like, yeah, like, I, I think my thoughts are similar, right? Like, I beat Chapter 1, and I'm currently in Chapter 2, and I'm not really feeling compelled to play it. Like, I'm glad I played as much as I did, and I might play it, you know, just on and off in the future but like i feel like i got the experience like i'm sure maybe the game opens up even more later on i think but I think like a good switch game right because you could pl- like it, i would not it's an about switch about this game. in a
1: car or on a train or something
0: exactly yeah like i was in a car i was in a plane you know like over december often and uh loop hero was was a very good way to pass the time uh in those moments but you know like i don't know like I feel like after maybe 10 hours, you've kind of exhausted like everything you need to see from a game like loop hero. But yeah. like, I, that's not to say that, like, I feel like if these, if, if, if loop hero two became a thing, I feel like it could be an excellent game, but I think loop hero by itself is just simply a good game, which, you know, yeah, is a good thing. I've heard,
1: I've heard, um, I've heard that from other people as well. So
0: yeah. yeah so yeah, I think those are my thoughts on Loop Hero. Fun
2: little game. Uh, very unique. Uh, Mike? It's time. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's an Ace Combat meme to start this one off. Already on a good start. I, I played through all of Ace Combat and the DLC missions in like three sittings over the last two weeks. How many hours is that? I'm kind of afraid to ask. 15-ish hours, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, oh, that's not bad. too bad, actually. I still want to play more of it though. That's the sign of a great game. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh there's a there's a couple segments because the second to last mission there's a segment where all of like the narrative and music all coordinate together down to the dialogue because they delayed the game just to rewrite it around one song. <laughs> That's and awesome. and the music hits a pitch just as the shield goes down on this big Drone that's carrying all these other drones, and it, it hits. It brought tears to my eyes the first time I I experienced it, and that never happens in games. Wow, also, yeah, man. Like music is a music is a powerful thing. Oh yeah, the Ace Combat soundtrack, at least seven soundtracks, so good. Like there's not a bad track in it. And the gameplay, the gameplay I've already talked about because I talked about Project Wingman, and it's just Project Wingman but more anime. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and plus, you know, Project Wingman was inspired by Ace Combat, right? Yeah, they were. They were both a response to Ace Combat Zero slash six or five. One was just a fan game because there wasn't an Ace Combat in development when it was announced. Yeah, but Ace Combat Seven just plays like Project Wingman with a budget. But the story, the whole storyline of Ace Combat Seven, is so convoluted. Maybe because I hadn't played any of the other older Ace Combat games? Well, you said it's like an anime <laughs> kind yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Combat no, games. so... Going back into the 90s in the Ace Combat world, a, comp- a country nukes itself seven times. Oh. Yeah, it... it, it they, That's the only time nukes were used in Ace Combat. It was a country nuking itself out of spite. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they nuked themselves because they were losing a war. So they right. created a border. That's,
0: that's some... I'll have to check the math on that one, but the logic doesn't really make
2: sense right now. But So, by virtue of them nuking themselves, they were real mad about that, so they influenced every single war after that war. Oh, okay, so it was like yeah. a kind of underhanded thing. Yeah, That does
0: sound it. very much like an anime plot, so...
2: Yeah, it's... Strange Reel's crazy. It's just a justification for planes to fight planes without nuclear deterrence. So I instead okay. uh the DLC missions have you fighting a submarine that fires nuclear railgun shots. Oh my god. Railgun shots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds like
1: something out of Factorio.
2: It's so <laughs> cool. The, the sea that comes out of the sea in Latin chanting starts. <laughs> and at that moment you know. That does sound like time. a cool moment, yeah. I, I should have played I should play this game. You definitely should. Cause the the final battle. I don't
1: play that much, but I think I would really get into the set pieces.
2: Oh yeah. I mean the set, it's all set pieces. The yeah, entire game is just one large set piece. The story's the story's actually really good too because you start off as this like rookie pilot being trained by another pilot. You accidentally maybe definitely don't assassinate the ex-president with an accidental missile shot, so you're sent to a prison battalion, where you spend nothing? yes, a penal battalion. Oh my god! They're, they're, you're in the middle of a war, so they so they recruit these prisoners to just rev up jets on a runway, and when they come to bomb the runway, they scramble the jets with no weapons to look important to scare the bombers off. Oh my god! <laughs> so eventually, they start bombing the control tower. And they turn your guns back on. And so they start sending you on more and more missions until you shoot down this this ancient man who's fought every other ace in the sky. And single-handedly has a body count in the threes of named characters.
1: What a strange anime game.
2: Every every time the ace appears, he shoots down a named character. So, I mean... Oh, wow. Yeah. He kills a named character because when you get shot down, most of the time you're just dead. Because yeah. Ejector seats aren't a thing. So, y-
0: what I'm gathering is you actually have to like play the previous Ace Combat games to fully
2: comprehend the story. Uh, maybe a little, maybe maybe a little, maybe maybe a little. I mean, to get the to get the gist of it, it explores towards the end of the game. It explores themes of like AI and. How that can go rogue, because the satellites go down and the entire country's autonomous drones, their last order was continue the war. And they made drone factories that were autonomous as well. Yeah, that's... And uh, they were researching the top ace, Mahali, who you had just shot down and used his flight data to program super drones. So are you fighting drones a lot in this game? (laughs) Not Not that much. You're fighting usual people. Mm. Most of the game, you're just fighting either pilots or a mix of pilots and drones. The big fight against the Arsenal Birds, against a drone carrier. And that's that's the cool fight. And then the next yeah. fight, you find Hugin and Munin, the two drones that were inspired by Mihai's flight data, and that's, that's a fight. You have this epic choir, this one woman just Wailing in the background <laughs> as the synth is playing <laughs> in the, the bottom. Then occasionally the strings come back in. You're just like, Ugh! And then you go through a tunnel chasing a drone. Oh, wow. Under a space elevator. You kill That's... the drone.
1: What year does this take place?
2: It's in Strange Reel. It's just, 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 just go along with it. This isn't Earth anymore. We were never on Earth to begin with. Okay. They build a space elevator. I like space So the elevator. only. The only logical way out of this space elevator underneath of it is to fly up the space elevator. So you do a tunnel run vertically. This is You're- nothing what like I expected in Ace Combat. Oh, oh it's so very cool. cool. But it, Every yeah, this seems pretty like, awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> I died funny. a lot trying to get into that space elevator because it requires you to do some crazy stuff to actually do it cleanly. Mm-hmm. And if you touch the terrain, you do die. And the whole tunnel run, the tunnel is barely as wide as some of the planes. So you're scraping it. Hmm. Was a great experience from, from bottom to top. The entire time I was just excited to play more. That's awesome. It this really is Ace
0: Combat be. 7, right?
2: Yeah. Now, so now I've got to go back, back
1: and, and play with uh, Project Wingman. Like if you had to pick one.
2: Oh, Ace Combat 7. There's a lot more replayability in 7. That's kind of what Because I, I still have to. a bunch of named aces to hunt down. Yeah. Like Project Wingman doesn't give me a reason to replay the campaign, but I feel like replaying through Ace Combat just to experience again it again is worthwhile.
0: Okay. You have anything else, Connor?
2: Yeah, I wanted to talk about
1: Halo Infinite's campaign. Have you played it, Mike?
2: No, I didn't pay for it. Yet. I didn't buy
1: it.
0: Yet. And you've played a little bit of it, uh, right, Ahmed? I've not even started the campaign. I've played a little multiplayer. That's it. Okay. Well, I, I played a bit of it and I
1: I like Halo Infinite, but I, I do feel like I need to eat my words a little bit because I was talking about this campaign like it was going to be like this incredible thing and it isn't like it's good. It's a good Halo game, but this open world is not very fun to me. Like
0: so so Connor one thing i've heard is like the the beginning of the game where it's sort of more linear is like the best part of the game right like the first few levels or whatever and the, then the when it opens levels, up
1: yeah the first few levels are linear in a way that is good i haven't gotten yeah. to it yet but i hear the end of the game is linear in a way that is bad hmm. but i i did i enjoyed the first few levels a lot and then the world opened up but every time i'm in the open world i just kind of find myself thinking like why is this here like it doesn't make the game worse, but it like
0: doesn't make the game better. No,
1: I wouldn't even say that. It just like it's a it's a it's an open world game <coughs> in a post Breath of the Wild world that learned nothing from Breath of the Wild. Like it is absolutely an Ubisoft open world. Like I, I
0: was going to say so is this like an U- Ubisoft it's, it's a Far Cry bio. game
1: with Halo stuff.
0: That sounds very unappealing.
1: Yeah, and it it does all of it well. But it's it's far cry open world. Like you go, you capture a base, and then some stuff but is I think- marked on your map, and you go do that stuff.
0: And like every single area looks exactly the same. There's so maybe no three four variety. three was relying on the strength of Halo Infinite's gameplay to carry you through, like the yes. open worldiness,
1: and that gameplay is sublime. But I will say, like it, when I'm in the open world and I have to get in a car and drive somewhere. I'm not having fun. That's like, it's exactly the same as getting in my car and driving to Kroger. Like (laughs) it sucks. It's stupid and bad. And I don't know why it's there, but I will say it is better than in other Halo games. Like the alternative has always been like Halo missions start off really slow for some reason. And like the other games that I've played, where they're like, where you're walk, you know, they, they have the part where you're walking into the mission. And I will say that, like, the open world part where you're actually, like, making a game plan and deciding how to go take, like, an area or something. That part is good, like, in, a, in a, like, a, in an almost Metal Gear Solid Five kind of way, where, like, you make a plan of attack, you have your grappling hook, you can be a little stealthier, or you can go in guns blazing. That's all cool. But I, I, I am left wondering if big levels would have been better than an open world because I really just don't care for this open world at all. Like I, all the bases really.
0: Are- I really feel like it would be better. Yeah. yeah, like I I would prefer that to just an open world where there's little meaningful things to do.
1: Yeah, and I to be clear, I haven't spent a ton of time in the open world because I find it extremely boring. And I think it'll be better once co-op is in the game. It is actually kind of damning that this game released without co-op. That kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot. The multiplayer's really good, but that's free. I think it's a hard sell to tell somebody who's not already really into Halo to buy the Halo campaign for $60, which I'm eating my words a little bit because Mike said that and I called him wrong. And no, it's it's definitely this campaign exists for people who have Game Pass. It's a hard sell at sixty dollars because it's very feature incomplete. It doesn't have co op. It doesn't have online. It just
0: kind of hear the story's
1: bad from people who like the Halo story. I'm just kind of like along for the ride. I like the characters. I think the weapon is interesting. That's
0: it's it's interesting. Like I think Microsoft they it's still like they still have yet to put out like an exclusive that has a like a really good story on the level of like a sony story i think yeah like, i don't think they've done that yet that said, like, like psychonauts, psychonauts 2 was on, on PlayStation, playstation as well yeah
1: the moment-to-moment moment gameplay like the shooting and stuff is better than any halo game has ever been like by a lot it it feels extremely good and i like it you know but it, it doesn't I don't know. Even even when I'm in the missions, I'm having a pretty good time and stuff. Like the actual story missions are all pretty fun for me so far. It's just the open world. Just I don't know. I and and like people I've seen online, a lot of people are saying like comparing it to Breath of the Wild is not fair because that's not what they were going for. But the the developers themselves did at some point literally say that their ambition was to have a Breath of the Wild style open world, and it's not that. Like there are no. There are no systems yeah. interacting here. Not really. There's no... Uh, like the, the thing that is worst about it for me is that you cannot walk around this open world and find something interesting to do. It's just not possible. You have to open your map and go to a waypoint. Like There's no landmarks. Everything yeah. looks exactly the same. There aren't even biomes in this. It's all like... Halo one style grassy fields and stuff. On and Halo I think
0: ranked. one of the strengths about Breath of the Wild and what made that open world so special is that you can be anywhere on that map, not look at a map, and just look look around. anywhere. Yeah, you can. Anywhere, look, you can and and you find Mellan, something. Can
1: see the castle. You can. You can, see can the find Twin something geeks. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, and this this level design, like or, or not not level design, this world design has zero landmarks. There's no. There's nothing. There's no notable piece of geometry in this world. Everything looks exactly the same, and that is—it's really bad. It's not. I yeah. I felt like I was looking at the map more so to navigate than I was looking with my eyes, and that is, you know, in a world, in a world that has Breath of the Wild, but even more so than Breath of the Wild, like in a world that has Outer Wilds and a world that has Sable. Like it's not like Outer Wilds has some secret sauce that can't be recreated. Indie game developers have recreated this already, and the most expensive video game of all time, right? Like, couldn't do it. That kind of sucks to me.
0: You know, I I don't like doing this, but I I do want to. I think it's worth saying that like we kind of maybe predicted this before Halo Infinite came out, like as we said that three four three might just not have the chops to pull it off. Like, it's it's a good game, don't get me wrong, but. I yeah, think at the no, end I want to say, day, like,
1: all of my complaints are about the open world. The game itself, like, this is still, like, a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 game. Like, it's really fun. I've enjoyed my time with it. It's just I wanted the open world to be something that it yeah. is not
0: at all. Like, the, there were rumblings that this Halo game was going to be legendary, right? Like, on the, on the scale of something like Halo 2 and 3. But, like, and obviously the, the multiplayer m- might be that, right? But, like, those games had an excellent campaign and an excellent multiplayer so
1: yeah and i yeah I'm I, again, a little sure, like I as somebody who doesn't care about the halo story i have a hard time grading it on that i am i'm immersed in the story i like it i care about the weapon i'm interested in what's going on with like cortana being gone i do think it's a little lame that w- this is my first post covenant halo game i've only played halo one two three and uh, I played through four. I guess that was... You weren't fighting the Covenant, but the Covenant yeah, was...
2: There, four was post-Covenant. Huh? Four was post-Covenant.
1: Okay, but, like, like, you're fighting the Banished now, and, like, the Banished are just the Covenant yeah. again. Like, not narratively, but, like, the enemies are... It's elites, it's grunts, it's brutes, it's like, hunters. come on,
0: guys. Like... like
1: the, the ai is improved and everything but yeah it's like there there's like one new enemy type so far i think so i don't know that was a little disappointing for me but not that it wasn't the end of the world i just you're right i don't i don't think it's like the god tier game that halo 3 was the cultural icon
0: it's not and it's Which interesting is a shame like
1: the gameplay's there the gameplay the, the systems I that's do think- there it's really just a design and story
0: problem i do think the first yeah. couple weeks halo infinite was out like it was in that conversation it was like could this be like the legendary return of halo yeah. and i think you know it's just one of those things where like it li- it sort of fizzled out after a couple weeks and now it's just a good game right yeah i i,
1: I really do think that like the gameplay is there the mechanic like when i am in a fight and i am <laughs> running around with this grappling hook and i am like like Something I've pointed out is like I've heard people say, like, man, it doesn't have like the cool cutscenes and stuff that Halo is known for where you get to see Master Chief be like this total badass. And my argument against that is that they don't need them anymore because this is the first Halo game that lets you feel it. like you don't they don't need a cutscene for Master Chief to feel like an unstoppable force in this game because you have the uh, like the tool set to actually be cutscene Master Chief in this game.
0: Also, aren't there issues with the cutscenes in this game? I haven't had any. Okay. I, I remember Digital Foundry talking about something like that. I don't know if they resolved that or not.
1: Maybe. I haven't had any technical issues with this game other than, like, one that I'll, I'll give them. It's not the game. It's the Game Pass app. One second.
0: And Connor's cat started fighting again.
1: Yeah, our, our, third or our fourth We have three of yeah. us. Um, but, Yeah. I I didn't run any technical issues except the Game Pass app on PC, which is horrible, and it's always been terrible, and I wouldn't use it if Game Pass wasn't such a good service. But like, the load times were kind of long, and I was like, hey, let me move this game from my hard drive to my SSD so that the load times are shorter. And it just deleted the campaign completely, and all I had was the multiplayer now. Mm. Like, why why did you do that? (laughs) Like, that was a 40 gig or something download that I had to re-download. Oh, man.
0: I don't know. It it does feel, unfortunately, it does feel like a lot of the the time, like PCs, like second-class citizens for a lot of first-party games, which is kind of wild, but...
1: Yeah, well, no, yeah, the problem is that if I bought it on Steam, I wouldn't have had this problem. (laughs) Steam has a very elegant tool that moves you from, you know, if you want to move stuff between drives, you just click Move, and it works. The, The Game Pass app is just really bad, and the Windows Store is really bad. They're unusably bad.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes me glad that Sony is launching their games on Steam, right? Like, yeah. just let Steam handle all of that, please. Yeah, because Steam has a good service.
1: I wish, and th- there there are talks about it all the time that it might happen. I don't think it will, but there are talks that, like, someday Game Pass will just go through Steam. Like, that would be awesome, but I don't think it'll happen.
0: Yeah, I think Microsoft's very, uh... They need their cut of the
1: pie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I don't th- I don't think that would be a good deal for Steam for Valve or for Xbox to do that. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean Halo Infinite, I know I've ragged on it a bit, but that's because I already said all the good stuff. Like when I was talking about the multiplayer, everything I said then is still true. Like the gunplay in this game, incredible. The game feel, incredible. The the moment-to-moment gameplay and combat and stuff is incredible, but it really is like an open world where you just have to get in a car and drive and
0: that's like mm-hmm. all it adds to the game for me. See, I definitely will try it uh soonish, I think, right? Like but it's not higher on the list for me than something like inscription.
1: No, so. I honestly like obviously I would put Outer Wilds higher on your list if I had a choice, but like
0: inscription yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the, honestly the, the main the main reason players. I don't have my i haven't played outer wilds yet is because the version i have on playstation is locked at 30 frames per second and i don't feel like purchasing it on pc that's like it got put
1: put back on game pass uh yeah i I I need to buy game
0: pass again then yeah to do that but yeah okay yeah so we done with halo all right one more game for me and then i'll be done for the episode i've been playing hades again
1: it's a good game I, yeah, I'm, it's so so there's something in the air, right? Like I've just had a real roguelike itch recently.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is for me, like it's just w- with Hades, so it's interesting, right? Coming back to Hades. Hades was like I think the first roguelike I ever played, and since then I've played a lot. And so I feel like I'm a lot more seasoned when it comes to roguelikes, and I can sort of see your criticisms now, Connor. Right? It's it's a little it's a little easy when it's not your first roguelike. Like the difficulty
1: scaling and stuff there. Or or the design of the difficulty is not incredible in my
0: mind. But what I will say, and what Hades kills all other roguelikes on, is the characters are just god-tier in Hades. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. The voice acting is god-tier. The music is god-tier. Like, the- uh, Yeah, I might
1: push back on like the idea that no other roguelike has music as good uh, as Hades, but it is good in Hades.
0: It's just so good in Hades. I but mean, yeah, like... clearly speaking from
1: someone who hasn't seen... Or hasn't heard the Hesi bass music from uh, Noito.
0: This is true. This is true.
1: <laughs> because that... that It slaps. It's so good.
0: But the music in Hades just freaking rocks, dude. It gets you so amped. What's her name? The Muse, when you find her. The tree lady? Uh, uh, Eurydice? Eurydice, yeah.
1: Yeah, when you find her, that music just... Mm. Oh, yeah.
0: So, I don't know if you got far enough. Did you discover Orpheus? Yeah, I beat Hades. Yeah, so or did you get to the part, like, even after you like beat Hades, you can unlock more stuff, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I know.
1: Like, I beat him three times. I didn't do... I think you have to beat him ten or so something. So,
0: eventually, so, if you dive more into Orpheus's yeah. story, you find out that, like, he was, like, in love with Eurydice or whatever, right? You could also know Greek mythology, but yeah. yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> didn't know dude. that, though, yes. But, like, uh, yeah, and, like... Where you are in the game, like, at the beginning, like, once you first get him, he's just, like, he doesn't want to sing anymore, right? Like, because he's too depressed, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is one of those big gaming memories for me. Uh Walking into Hades', like, uh, courtroom, or whatever, and seeing Eurydice playing the same, or seeing Orpheus playing Eurydice's song. Like, that really hit me. Like, yeah. when you finally get him to sing again, like, that was such a moment. Um, I, I, and I think that's important, for a lot of
1: reasons. See, that's one of the things that Hades does better than pretty much any other roguelike I've played is that hub world that is the the House of Hades. Yeah, House of Hades, yeah. Because spelunky 2 has one. It's not very good. And like none of the other roguelikes I play have that at all. And I I really like that. That is an extreme like that like that bit of time to decompress and look at what's changed in the hub world and everything. Really fights the tilt from like losing a good run.
0: Yeah, and also like just the—I feel like the dialogue is just endless in this game. Yeah, I know it just
1: keeps going. Always
0: new dialogue. New characters like talk to each other and say new things. You talk to the characters, and there's always new things that uh, when I Zagreus is saying like,
1: yeah, when I when people told me that there were like dating sim elements to the game, I thought that they were like exaggerating on like just the fact that you can talk to everybody and give gifts and stuff. No, you can actually like form meaningful relationships with other characters in this game. And I just never got to that point.
0: See, I, so uh, it's ba- it, it's worth mentioning. I have restarted Hades, so I'm playing again from the very beginning. Yeah. And so, I just, so what,
1: how does it feel to you? Like, cause I, cause it really bothered me the level up system in Hades. I really don't like
0: it. I think it's okay. I think it's done better in different roguelikes, but like, I think, I think the difficulty is also just fine, right? Like, but like, I think there's obviously some combinations that just steamroll the game.
1: Yeah, right. my, my problem with Hades is really, like, I, I mentioned it earlier, is that like Hades does not feel winnable to me on that first run. Like, Oh, yeah. no, it's not.
0: It's yeah. absolutely not, yeah. And there's that bothers like, no me way. because
1: I, I feel like Zagreus got better more so than I got better. And I don't yeah. like that very much. And okay, I, yes. rogue, like, yeah, like, we're
0: on. The, we're, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from now. Yeah, so as far as like a rogue light is concerned, this game is probably the most on the light side of the spectrum than any other rogue light I have played because, like, the like you mentioned, like it can be done, but you'd have to be like a god tier level, like player to beat that game on your first try, right? Like, yeah. and it, it would be miserable, right? Because you have you do so little damage and like you have so little health, and, like, but, like, like you said, you, Zagreus becomes permanently stronger after each run, um, and, and that's really what makes the game easier. Now, Uh, I will
1: say that it makes up for it a bit with the heat system that you get after you've beaten it, where you can add stuff to make the game harder, and I barely explored that, but I did like it. My only beef with it is that, like, you're making these decisions before you even start a run, and, like, other roguelikes sort of have this where you make these decisions that are going to affect your difficulty. Like in Noida there are optional bosses. In Spelunky, there are optional paths and things. But these are decisions you make as you're going when you kind of know your momentum. And I, I also just think that they're literal like choices you make in the game versus like they make sense in Universe versus like looking at a menu in Hades.
0: Yeah. It's not oh, as cool
1: to me, but
0: I will I, say, like, I don't like, really, too hard. I really enjoy the power system though. Like, getting the boons from different gods and stuff, yes. and then like, yeah, and, and they like, if you have like, a boon from like a certain god, the other god will comment on it and possibly give you like a fusion of the two boons. It's just like the personality is cool, the
1: synergies are cool. Yeah, the the, the combination of the two boons. I, I know you're not as versed in the roguelikes, but that's called a synergy. And Binding of Isaac is like infamous for items that work well together in some oh, okay. and stuff. And yeah. there are like, canonical synergies versus, like, synergies just because the stats that it gives you go well together. Yeah. And I think Hades does do it well. Uh, granted, it doesn't do it as much as some of the others. But, yeah, I, I really like the synergies in Hades.
0: And another thing I'll just comment on is Hades, like, the boss himself at the end of the game, he's a hard boss. Like- he is,
1: yeah. I, uh, it took me... God, I probably got to him like five times before I finally beat him.
0: Yeah, he he is tough. He is no joke. Like even after you beat him once, there's no guarantee you're gonna beat him every time after that. Like,
1: I see. I I can't agree with that. I have beat him every single time since the first time. Really? Yeah. No, that's I I learned the patterns pretty good, and I also just yeah, he doesn't bother me too much now. But I granted, they were all good run. Like if I have a run that gets all the way to Hades, it's probably a really good run because I the 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 filter for me. Is still um the Minotaur
0: Elysium, and, yeah,
1: yeah. I still get filtered pretty hard by that boss fight. If so I, I don't know, like fight, I'm almost guaranteed to beat the game.
0: So in my later, lay, latest runs that I've been playing, I've been just getting to Hades pretty much every time and dying to him, which is crazy. I, so, yeah,
1: I, 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 I just, I think maybe the pattern for Hades just clicked better for me than the pattern for those two did. Yeah. So, so I, I always say focused... my first win was with the shield, and you can really cheese him with the shield.
0: Yeah, so my first win on my replay was when I unlocked, like, an aspect of the shield where you could, like, throw it, and it would, like, do damage over time or whatever, and it just, like, wrecked everything. But, like, uh, as far as the Minotaur and the Champion go, uh, I always focus the Minotaur down first, and then focus the Champion. Like, like if you fight them both at once, they both become stronger, like, halfway through, and it's just, like, a mess. Yeah,
1: I've always beat the Minotaur first as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think the Champion... What? He has a name. I can't remember it. But anyway... They both have
0: names, I think.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, he's not nearly as bad as the Minotaur is, although I, I saw that they have a a pretty bonkers thing that they get on a certain heat level that looked really hard.
0: Yeah, so, like, that's the crazy thing. Like, when I first played Hades, I had beaten Hades, you know, like, maybe, like, the boss Hades, like, three or four times or whatever, and then I put the game down. But, like, that's not even close to finishing the game, I think. Like, there was still so much dialogue being unlocked and stuff, so... Yeah, you have to
1: win ten times just to get the, um... The like full ending,
0: yeah, uh, and something. then I think there's an epilogue even past that, yeah, maybe. But like, yeah, it's just there's so much game here, and I think more so than the actual like roguelite mechanics, I think what makes Hades so so special is just the it's it's the presentation and the characters. Like it is,
1: it is the best story in roguelikes probably. Yeah, really, it's, yeah. Well, I don't know about Returnal, but.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean
1: I played It is the best delivered story probably. Like Noita has a story and but Noita has lore more than a story.
0: So even more than the story for me it's just the characters, man. Like I can't think of a single character that's like bad in this game. Like they're all like so well realized and like like they're so beautifully voice acted like Yeah. Everyone looks and sounds so good in this game. It's which is not something you'd expect from a roguelite. So no, it's,
1: it's very interesting. It's a very interesting take on the genre.
0: But I think, yeah, we've already talked about Hades before on the show, so let's not belabor the point too much. Mike, do you have another
2: one? I don't think I... I played House Flipper a little bit, but... House Flipper? It's, it's what it does. It's what it, it, it's what it says on the tin. You flip houses.
1: Yeah, it looks fun, but yeah. It, it's, it, it's enjoyable.
2: It I do have it in both. I haven't touched it in VR yet, though. wait wait i play borrow trauma what is that have you ever heard of space station 13 yeah is it like that's it's very much so just pure in in a way me and a friend were playing it for a little bit he was the doctor i was the captain and i'd be minding my own business and then hear the noise of a syringe being pushed into my side And I saw the pro- and I saw the a uh, little status effect that said you are being paralyzed. Alright, so someone,
0: <laughs> someone needs to explain to me what this is. It's very hard. Uh,
1: are, are you gonna Taylor go for it, Mike,
2: or should I? Um So borrow trauma is a submarine a side scrolling submarine simulator in quotations. Yeah, what you it like, is is like a few words together to like make a, a submarine game. go. But yeah like in oh role play okay sense, right like very little role play
1: so like it's not leveling up and stuff it's like you're given a role and you're there is a
2: leveling having... up system though huh there is a leveling up oh, okay. there's so a I'm leveling system
1: PlayStation 13 because i don't know enough about this game but... so, so yeah. your
0: your friend pushing a syringe in your neck probably inhibited the overall functionality of this submarine right yes but it was funny <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the thing. It's like bar trauma. a lot of the fun of bar trauma is the shenanigans that your crew can get up to, because you can also turn on traitors. Like, the first thing, uh, when we first started, the first thing my friend did, because he was the doctor, was pull some sulfuric acid out of the cabinet, find the nearest assistant, and then proceed to inject him with sulfuric acid. Security didn't like that. So he was arrested and shot. (laughs) These were botched. God, I
1: kind of want to try this now. Because Space Station 13 was fun when I played it in high school or whatever, but it it didn't have the polish, I don't think.
2: Iron Bar Trauma also does a good job of making you feel claustrophobic and terrified of the outside of the sub. Because you'll be exploring like an abandoned station, and you'll just see stuff float by you. Or I, you'll I, start a zombie outbreak. I just got a
0: comment. I'm just, like, pretty impressed by the fact that Mike has recommended, like, several different submarine games on this show. <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's kind of a marvel. I
2: keep finding them. I mean, Trauma. of all the submarine games I've played, Trauma is the least submarine submarine game. Because the only real submarine thing you're doing is in the captain's role, and you're just staring at sonar and trying not to hit cave walls. Yeah, mm. but
1: you do have a type, Mike. <laughs> and it is Submarine.
2: <laughs> it's Planes. It's not Submarines. I've only recommended two submarine games. That's not true. I, I feel that. like there's more than two. There's only what? been two. There's only been. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Bomber
1: Crew. Bomber Crew is another plane game, but it, it, it is a lot like this. It's like, nothing like this. No, but If
2: anything, Bomber Crew is a crew management game. It's like yeah, FTL. It's
1: systemic. Like,
2: Yeah. I didn't... I didn't play much Bomber Crew. I haven't even finished Bomber Crew. You did talk
1: about it on the show, though.
2: Yeah, I think I talked about it because I had nothing else to talk about. I hate that just the way. Yeah, Borrow Child. A lot of fun. You got to get a bunch of friends together to play it, though. Does it not? It's one of those. It does. I feel like that would just servers. And if you've ever played public public servers, extra life game. I feel like at oh,
1: least
0: yeah. with your friends, you have a chance of like progressing through the game. Public yeah, servers, if,
2: no chance. on public servers, there's always going to be that one guy who's going to like color his skin black and be racist.
1: Well, like yeah, yeah. but like so, Amid was saying like if, if this is like Space Station 13, the goal is not to progress through the game. Like that's not
2: this game. There is a progression system though, and there is like satisfaction through through progressing through like a campaign. Like okay. you can do single missions, you can also do just do a campaign. Because Space Station 13, you could be like a. a Traitor is not
1: really the word, but like a saboteur. Like there
2: is a traitor that you can turn on and off
1: at whim. Okay, yeah. So that's fun.
2: Yeah, there's there's things you can do. You can either like make a functioning sub, or produce a real a nice an- a nice reenactment of a society in decline, <laughs> where one person dresses up as a clown and honks horns at people, and then eventually makes their way to the outside of the ship only to honk. <laughs> Praise be to the Honk Mother, the mother of all clowns.
0: I really appreciate the flavor you bring to the show, Mike.
2: hey, I am a. I am a. I'm a devout follower of the Honk Mother and the Clown <laughs> Code, <laughs> because clowns and borrowed trauma are meant to make people laugh, not to murder. <laughs> I'm still bad confused how this has anything dead. to
0: do with submarines, but.
2: There's a it's explained. It's it's all in the game. It's there. Okay. The dots they're connecting. I had the tape. All right.
0: Uh we have, we got anything else? Mike and no. Connor? Yep. I I have nothing. All right. Somehow this episode went over 2 hours and I think it's because we haven't recorded in so long, but Yeah, I think next episode's going to be super fun cuz we're going to do our current like I think we we can do like our assessment of like where gaming is at in 2022 and what we can look forward to. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things to look forward to, not all just strictly games, uh, so, so some other stuff on the horizon too. But um, I think that's going to do it for us. Game talk episode 101. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at ad podcast game talk on Twitter. Please like rate and review us on any podcast service you use, including Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Lastly, thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, see you guys next week. See you next week.